Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and welcome to Sports Lounge Live. I'm going to turn it over to Chris and he's going to tell us what show number we are and the date and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, it's, I've got to beat Sean to this one. It's May 4th. May the 4th be with you. And I knew Sean was going to say that if I didn't. He said it this morning. I stole it from Sean, actually, because I heard it this morning. And I'd forgotten about that. But anyway, somebody's getting a notification of something. I'm sure it's very important. Very yeah. Anyway, okay, this is show number 142, and uh, first, first of all, since it's May 4th, uh, that means we can wish you happy Cinco de Mayo tomorrow, and happy Mother's Day next Sunday for all the mothers out there in the audience, and uh, don't forget about Star your, Wars Day, Star Wars Day today. Yeah, Mar- May, uh, May the 4th be with you, yeah, Star Wars yeah. Day, and um, uh, Mother's Day, and, and thank goodness now we're starting to get back, it was a little closer around St. Patrick's Day and Easter, we're starting to get every holiday now will be a little more normal than it was last year, and I know Cinco de Mayo was wasn't much and mother's day a lot of people didn't see each other so things are coming closer most places and getting strange things pop up like oregon i heard about last night out of the blue and what goes on with some of this stuff you don't even know but anyway okay so what's the agenda well of course i'm going to give you the uh, list of the deaths and the most prominent one we're going to do first i mean in the death section going to do bobby unser uh the uh, indie racer and uh you know he was not a nascar racer somebody was confused about that but back then uh that was the big thing until the 70s uh that's when uh, you know, they call them open wheel uh, cars, and they were the big ones. They didn't race as often. You know, Indy, the uh, NASCAR races all the time, but the Indy was a lot more preparation. They'd race uh, only a few times a year, but uh, that that really became uh, less p- prominent in the 70s, but still, he was a great uh, driver, and everybody knew about him, and of course, his brother Al and his and Al's son, Al Jr. So, then we have By- Byron Seaman, 97 years old, uh, brought the, brought the uh, along with his brother, brought the Calgary Flames from Atlanta to uh, to Calgary. Uh, Pete Lamons, not a good week for tight ends, a few weeks for tight ends in the uh, AFL, in the old AFL, 77 years old, tight end for the Jets and the Packers for a year. Uh, Courtney uh, Ball, 52, a Charger defensive back, and then went to college at uh, Rice University. Bill Johnston, 97 years old, PGA golfer. And uh, Eric McClure, uh, he was an Xfinity racer. And so we will be talking about all all those guys uh, when we when we get to the death. But uh, the agenda tonight, we're going to do the Derby first uh, because again, that was a lot closer to normal. Fifty one thousand fans there, and sounded normal. You know, I mean, obviously in the stands it probably didn't look like it, but you know, on TV and all that, and on the radio, it sounded like it used to sound with uh, one hundred and fifty thousand. So they're getting there. Um, we have we'll talk about the Derby. We'll talk about, of course, 
a lot about the NFL draft and just NFL in general, the Aaron Rodgers situation and so forth. We'll talk about all that stuff. Then we'll go on into uh, uh, baseball and we'll do uh, all the MLB stuff. Then there's a couple of college notes we'll do. Then the NBA, uh, the NHL, and some boxing. And, but first, we do our uh, shoot, shoot around the panel thing. And mine is pretty brief this time, but this is something, and I, I like to point it out, uh, and you've heard this on most of the shows. We don't mind correcting each other on here. If somebody makes a mistake, somebody mispronounces the name, somebody has a fact wrong, we, we you know, make sure that people know. But some broadcasts, they don't. And you lose a little faith when you don't hear it. I know that some are made and some are not. Well, this, and I like these guys uh, the, that do the Bruins on the radio. It's uh, uh, Judd Surratt and Bob Beers. They're good announcers. I like them and all that. But the other day, they're talking about uh, they're going to have one of those fan giveaways with the jerseys off the players' backs and all that on Saturday when they play the Rangers. And, you know, I think they've got a game or two after that. But it, it, they're going to that's the day they're going to do it. Like you usually do that last day game is usually on Saturday in your home and you do that. Well, Bob Beers said, well, that'll be great because then we'll have more fans in the stands by that time, too. No, Bob, the, uh, the rates change uh, go from 12% to 25% on May 10th. Now, either Judd Surratt didn't want to correct them or Judd Surratt doesn't know that. And they both should know that because they work in the building. I mean, people should have been talking about that for like the whole time. So you don't know whether it's both of them. Either way, they're wrong. Either they don't know, which they should, because, you know, I mean, I know and I don't even work there and I know what's going on. That's going to happen May 10th or um, they don't want to correct each other on the air. But I think there's nothing wrong with that. And you just say, hey, no, actually, that's uh, no, sorry. And you make a joke out of it. So we do that around here all the time. So you don't really like a broadcast. You want I think the goal of any broadcast is to get the, inf- the pro- proper information by the time you go off the air to the people if you can get it. And I think whether you have to correct each other or even slip somebody a note, you can text the other guy and say, oh, I just found out. Yeah, and that was wrong. You know, either they don't know or they should but uh you know i just thought that was kind of weird so that was my little uh thing this week but i do like them they're great announcers and, and i enjoy them it's just that they dropped the ball on that one so rick what, what you got yeah just on, and what you were just saying is and a lot of times and it's it's just it's not that they don't know something but they'll just make them a mistake you know like i i do it all the time i'll i'll say uh tomorrow instead of next week or something like that i was no, i was noticing on one of the red sox games this weekend um somehow they got talking about the old Celtics and the Lakers. I think it was the anniversary of something. And and at one point, Jerry Remy said, yeah, the, the Red Sox used to beat the Lakers all the time. And, okay. and, and Dave O'Brien, you know, he, he, he hesitated for a second, so I know he heard it, but then he just went on and started doing, yeah, the Lakers, you know. Like, I don't know why they don't. No, I mean, we would have gone here with the Red Sox. You sure they didn't, beat the, the Lakers didn't beat the Dodgers to, or whatever? You know? Well, it all goes back to a football contest, Mel, and Jerry Jerry's okay with us. This is how a lot of us started. One time yep. at a football contest, Jerry picked the Padres over the Raiders. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So other than that, I mean, I, I watched the NFL draft this week, and I, I enjoyed it, although I thought there was some really <laughs> stupid thing with, with the commissioner's chair. I don't know if you saw that. That was oh, pretty God. lame. Yeah, <laughs> and and some of these people they have making picks with the, they can't keep the year straight. One guy was about to talk about the second pick in the forty fourth round, and, uh, <laughs> but it was all in all it was pretty enjoyable. And now I'm looking forward to the, a week from tomorrow is the the schedule announcement, and yeah, we'll move on from this. And I'm, I'm sure you hate the Eagles even more now. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that when we get to yeah. talk about the draft. He already hated the Eagles before. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they know that. <laughs> okay, Perry. Okay, Perry. Yeah. I, you know what, though, Rick? I, I'm just 
I really thought you would have our whole 259 picks for us. <laughs> and we don't have that. I, I do have the top you, 15, yeah. uh, with the, and it takes in the five courts. Since the Patriots got the 15th with the Mac Jones, it's the five quarterbacks everybody was concerned about. So, well, uh, and Rick said he's got the, the first round. Quarantine and I would have had him. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's opening day here for AAA baseball. And, of course, you know, when you don't have a major league team in your town, that is that's a big deal. Um, a quarter of the, you know, 25% of the fans will be allowed uh, cashless and all that stuff, you know, that they're doing in a major league. So we're we're excited about it. And I would say, Chris, that um, since Judd Surratt, of course, worked with the Cubs at one point, I would say because he didn't like to correct Ron Sano either. So, and we know that Ron sometimes oh. needed it. So uh, I think that's probably it. That's where he, where he was trained. You know, Pat probably just said, just let him talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think he just probably that. just let it go. But uh, I, I promise you, Grandy and Max, that wouldn't have gone more than two feet. One said that, and the other, hey, what are you talking about, brother? What's the matter with you? No, that's next week, you know, or vice versa. So And, and, Pat, Hughes, and Pat Hughes typically doesn't do that either, so... You know, I think it's. I, I really think, and you know, it, my orientation is: I work at National World Press, and what we want to do is send out the best material we can. And if somebody Absolutely. made a mistake and we find it, we want to send it out and make it good. So that's where I, you know, I've been working there forty, you know, five years almost, and that's where I come from. So anyway, but but okay. uh, Bill Bill owns this great uh, radio station called the Worldwide Legend, and we want to yeah. hear what's up with Bill today. Well, it's not the worldwide legend, though I did make a debut back on my Monday Oldie show yesterday and would have done Twin Spins today, but something came up with Jennifer's computer and her mail was down and she couldn't get her bills for work and and all that kind of stuff, so I had to give that priority. When it comes to supporting me in the style that I need to be supported, <laughs> then, right. then I mean, then she's got to be working, so I have to turn my attention to that and um, th- those type of things. But I watched the NFL draft, of course. Watched our Colts, who really needed a left tackle. Did they draft one? Seventh round, of course. Well, yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, but when do they do what we want them to do? And um, so we've been doing that. So turn it over to Robert. 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 Yeah, um, hey, Robert, you well, my, ra- <laughs> my Raiders needed offensive line help and defensive help, and uh, I, they accomplished both. We'll see how good all the picks were. Um, I've been trying to keep up with, uh, you know, the NFL draft and the A's and the Warriors, and I might as well forget about my Sharks. They officially got eliminated last night from the playoffs, so... Uh, been dealing with other stuff and paying bills, and it's just been a normal uh, routine around here. Got your shot, well, right? Well, no, Robert, if you like, Robert, if you like paying bills, I'm sure we all have some we could yeah, send we out could to you. Yeah, we could send you some, Robert. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I have plenty of my own, and <laughs> yeah, I got my shot last week, so. Well, there you go. Well, that's, that's good. I think we're we're a pretty vaccinated group here. Yeah, yeah we, we're, my, we're my next them. one comes up on the 25th, so. We're okay. all getting all right. that way, and mine's next week, Sean? so. All right, well, first of all, as we said, may the fourth be with you. I had an interesting story about that. I never knew this part of it. Apparently, that whole term about the May the 4th and the Star Wars Day thing, it came 
either Margaret Thatcher was the day she was elected or the day she took office in 79 or 80 or whatever it was. 79. But she, was yeah, 79. 79. And, and they, somebody said it to her, and it was, of course, a couple of years after the first Star Wars came because they, they were trying to be saying, hey, may the fourth be with you, Madam Prime Minister. And then all the Star Wars fans. Just, Did she say, what are you no, talking they, about? They, <laughs> Did you know what it was? They jumped on it. They jumped right on it and made it Star Wars Day. But anyway, uh, yeah, talking about talking about mistakes, you know, friend of the show, Craig Way, and we actually figured this out in a, con- a bunch of us talking in a conference one night about a Saturday night TV lineup, and he put a couple shows, one that, that weren't even on the air, and you had a cur- you had the textures, and believe me, if you do something, those textures on the sports talk shows, the local shows, they'll hammer you, they'll like, oh, they will. Oh, Craig, you idiot, you managed yeah. shows, and it was a good lineup, but you made it too good, and the one well, even there, that's, you know. that's but, why Sean on our phone system, if, if if somebody does that and I know it's a mistake, I'll correct it just to because you know yeah. inevitably, you know inevitably, there's yeah. about three or four people out there who are going to correct you. You just know that's that, right? But they were messing with them. All the texters were going, "Oh, they, you screwed up." You know, it's kind of funny, but anyway. But uh, we had a little before I get to all the plugs. We had a little adventure. <laughs> I've never thought I'd do this much English soccer or European soccer, but three weeks in a row. But apparently Sunday. Because of this whole Super League threat, which didn't happen, Manchester United, which they're kind of like the New York Yankees of soccer, and the Glazer family, who owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've owned them for about 16 years, and they kind of brought them back to, you know, they were kind of like Steinbrenners, you know, saving the Yankees back in the 70s and stuff, you know, all that. But apparently, fans, they had a protest about the Glazers signing, being the first one signing for the Super League. And then a bunch of fans rushed the field and rushed the stadium and threw soccer balls and they had to get the police involved and they decided that they were cance- uh, canceling or postponing the game. I think they're going to make it up. But yeah, it was yeah. A, an, a soccer riot in Europe. Go figure. Oh, yeah. that, that, yeah. Reminds, that reminds me, Sean, I forgot to do the NASCAR stuff. So. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, go for um, it, Robert. Uh, yeah, go ahead NASCAR, the NASCAR and then I'll get to the plugs. Uh, NASCAR is uh, Kyle Bush won on Sunday. So... Uh, um, I, I forget why, uh, and they don't they don't race on Mother's Day. No, they don't Day, race so. on Mother's Day. They don't race Mother's Day. No. I, where were they? Where were they, Robert? Do you remember? They were, they were in Kansas. So, Kansas? do they race okay. Saturday night or is that Easter? They race on Saturday night. I, uh, I don't think no. they race at all this weekend. No, don't they don't. They, ra- they don't race at all on Easter or Mother's Day. So. Well, but there's one of them they would put Saturday night race to have it off on Sunday. That might, I thought that was Mother's Day, but maybe they're not doing that this year either. Because oh, no, I don't no. think they are. I think I think they, I thought they, they have in the past. Weeks. And they have in the past put one on Saturday night to have it done by Mother's Day. Maybe Easter. But maybe, I, I think yeah. Mother's Day is a whole weekend off. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Okay. Yeah, but I know there's one. But anyway, all right. Well. You can join this fun and frivolity. You, you can leave us a message anytime if you want to uh, call in, download the Zoom app, or dial 646-876-9923 and enter the code 287-723-4600. Hit the pound key twice. Uh, that is where you can also uh, answer the poll question later on. Some of your favorite sports rumors about a player or a team that you like that never actually happened. We'll be doing that later. Also, if you want to leave us a comment throughout the week and you're listening on the podcast, you can uh, send us a message, sportslounge at allthingsradio.net or 773-572-7715. And we had a big weekend of sports 
that went we on did. this weekend. So let's get to the big event, uh, the fastest two minutes in sports. Right. And it's the Kentucky Derby. And, Jerry, if you have any comments, especially anybody else can call, too, at the numbers that Sean just gave. But, uh, Jerry, if you have something to say, pop right in and, uh, you know, we can talk Darn about it. Raise your hand. Yeah. So the Derby was won by Medina Spirit. And John Velasquez is the uh, was the jockey, and Bob Baffert was the trainer, and it was Bob Baffert's seventh uh, seventh uh, derby, seventh uh, derby, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of the Nick Saban or Bill Belichick he or Popovich yep, yeah. of those Well, that's what they had. They had him talking to Bill Belichick on the on, before the race, you know. And uh, Jerry, now, Jerry, if you want to un- unmute while we're talking about the derby, you're welcome to do that because I know that's your cup of tea. So. Right. So, so the seventh. So he he won his seventh derby, and they were saying uh, after the race, uh, 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 Mike Tirico said, "Well, now I'll have to talk to Tom Brady next year since Brady's won seven or whatever." But uh, he won the uh, with authentic uh, last year. So that was the second derby in a row for for him. This one, though, unlike his normal uh, situation, was a twelve to one uh, race. You know, was a twelve to one horse. Mandaloon came in second, and Hot Rod Charlie was three, and that was a lot of local interest here because uh, a bunch of guys from Brown who went to school together at Brown ended up buying uh, this horse. And uh, you know, of course, I think it was training in California, but that was okay. They they uh, came in third, so that was uh, fine. My, uh, Medina Spirit went, went red led all the way to uh, 0.102, 2.1 and two hundredths of a second was the, so it was a little longer than the fastest two minutes in the sport. And uh, he paid 26.20. That's very good for a, a yeah. derby winner because usually it's the, the top favorite or the second favorite. Uh, and that was uh, the fourth uh, derby win for Velasquez. And, uh, and he won, uh, let's see, and he won. Uh, let's see. Essential quality, by the way, was fourth. That was the original favor and uh, favorite. Um, and he's the first uh, to win uh, uh, Velasquez two in a row since Victor Espinosa did it in 2014 and 2015. There were 51,838 fans there, and uh, so it's about a third of the uh, of the folks. And, um, and so he is going to run in the Preakness, from what I understand. He is. I I had heard he was. They weren't going to decide to early next week. They wanted to see the whole week of uh, workouts and stuff. And how he, they, they, the indication was that he probably would. That he looked at everything was fine as of like Sunday or Monday, but I didn't really hear. But they did made an announcement on that. Well, they, really, they said it looks like he is. They're saying, yeah, okay. They're about ninety nine percent sure he is as of now because he's having good workouts. Okay, so we'll see what happens. And of course, I think they really do need. There's no reason that they can't have the Preakness the next week. You know, the the three weeks and have it then three weeks to the Belmont. I don't really understand why it's only two weeks like that. But uh, that's yeah, what they do. And they've done it for quite a long time. Of course, not last year. Everything was crazy. But that is the schedule that we've had for many right. years between the Derby and the Preakness. But so, Jerry, what, so do Jerry, what did you think the of the Derby? Oh, it was a very exciting race. Um, of course, uh, many of us, I think, picked essential quality to win. Uh, I is, that who you, is that who you picked, Jerry? That's who I picked. Yeah, I did too. I Medea Spirit, I didn't think, I didn't know. Uh, I was kind of disappointed. Uh, in a way that uh, Superstock didn't do better because he was great in the uh, uh, Florida Derby. He, he uh, led all – not the Arkansas Derby, I meant. He led all the way just like, uh, you know, the winning horse in this Derby did. And uh, But he – I thought he could have done better. But for those that are on our phone system, we have a friend that gives us the field every time and uh, we'll get you the field for the Preakness a little earlier and uh, – I really enjoyed it. I've been doing I was, the derby. 
I was kind of hoping one... for a soup and sandwich, Jerry. That's food. I, I like food. Kid and Stash. <laughs> kid and Stash was a good one, too. But, yeah, they only had one horse scratched. The 16 horse. Yeah, I get what you're, yeah, okay. Right. But, yeah, well, the other thing, though, too, Jerry, not everybody is in all the races. You know, you win the Florida Derby, but somebody else is preparing for another race. You know, they all want to win one of those, and sometimes they'll spread themselves out a little bit, and they do end up with three or four of them, but there might be another two or three in another race, and I don't know what their calendar is, and, of course, I don't follow it day in, day out. So when you say that Superstock led all the way, you don't know who he was leading, whether you're leading anybody that was really a contender or not, you know? And I wonder. If they don't put the Preakness three weeks, I wonder if uh, they're afraid to do it on Memorial Day weekend because it wouldn't now, be. this year it won't be. This year it won't no. be, but on most years, I wonder if they're afraid because of all the other with the Indy 500 and uh, yeah, they, they could work that out. I mean, I know the Derby I mean, it's really. It's a different day. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. They could still do it. Yeah, they could. But what I'm saying is you could even have it so that some years, you know, you still want the Derby the first uh, three weeks, but then when it would be, uh, you just move the Belmont back a week. What I would do is if if it would if they really have a thing about Memorial Day, play it, uh, do it the four weeks uh, that other time, and then do three weeks for the Belmont after that. You just move yeah. it back a couple of weeks. But, have, you know, but again, a lot of this has to do with racing meets. And now, but the states will cooperate because these bring in uh, big money to Maryland and New York. The states would cooperate. I mean, everybody knows the Derby's the first Saturday in May, and everybody wants that. But after that, uh, Maryland and New York, I'm sure, would be amenable to moving things around a little bit. But there used to be, you know, there are certain dates, and but it, that also used to have to do. There's all the OTB now. Everybody's betting on on the on the TV screens and all that other stuff. So it isn't as much about live racing anymore as it and used it, to be. There isn't much live racing around the country, really. Yeah, and I think. I think they also, because they keep involved, because when you get into June, those weeks where the second Saturday and the third Sunday are on the same uh, weekend, the third Saturday is Father's Day, and U.S. Open is almost always on Father's Day weekend, So and NBC right. does both. So that's, you know, that could be, well, one. Yeah. That could be the other reason. Yeah, NBC would, would be involved in the discussion, but I think there ought to be a way to, to move that up. And, and even if you just have it on Memorial Day weekend, it's, you know, because sometimes there are only four Mondays, and, you know, because it's the last yeah. Monday, a lot of people think it's the fourth Monday, it's the last Monday. So, yeah, it could be Memorial Day and weekend most of the time. The Belmont but, the week after Father's Day on those years. Yeah, put it on there, yeah. and it'll still be on NBC, yeah. Something like, yeah, that's right. That would work because I could plug it, it during uh, the open. I got it all solved. Okay. This week. <laughs> all right. Okay, so the NFL draft. I have here the top 15 picks, in case you didn't hear them. And then as we go through these picks, we can talk about them. And <clears throat> then we'll just have a regular <laughs> discussion about all of the NFL stuff that went on because there was a lot of it. And we'll talk about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. So the number one pick went to Jacksonville. And as expected, uh, they picked Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. Number two was the Jets, and they picked Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. And then San Francisco at number three picked Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State. So the top three quarterbacks uh, were taken, and they never gave the ones in 67. Uh, did you ever hear who they were, Rick, in 67? They, I heard on there that that was one of the years. I can't imagine uh, who they were. Yeah, what was the year that um – that Plunkett was drafted. That's 71. That was 71. Plunkett, yeah. Manning, and Pastorini. We know about that. Yeah, Plunkett, Man, Manning, and Pastorini. That was, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't no, know. And in 99 was Couch, McNabb, and uh, Kia Smith. Achilles Smith, right. Achilles, I, yeah. But I thought I heard 67 was one of those years, but nothing stands out to me, so I don't really know. No, about, it was uh, only 71 and 99. Those are the only Yeah, that's two all I heard about. Happened, yeah. Okay. Because I think I had that last week on here. Yeah. Okay. Number four, Atlanta took Kyle Pitts, a tight end from Florida. 
And then he, when they started talking about him, he sounded like Gronk. He sounded like he was really going to be yeah, the dominant he's, he's tight end. No, he's good. He's, he's yeah. good. He's, I mean, he is, he is a Gronk type tight end, yes. Yeah. Cincinnati at number five took Jamar uh, Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. So he's going to be back with Joe Burrow. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Number six, we have Miami taking Jalen Waddle, a wide receiver from Alabama. And that was surprising because you heard all about Smith, Smith, Smith all the time. But uh, I guess Waddle's bigger, and some people were concerned about uh, the Smith's size, so they ended up they took uh, Waddle. So they needed a and wide him receiver. And Tua had a good, him and Tua back when they were together were a good tandem for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Number seven, Detroit took Penne Sewell, an offensive tackle from Oregon. I'm telling you, the Lions are going to – and that's fine. I mean, they need an offensive lineman. I'm not yeah, saying – that. But having gotten rid of Stafford and that goofy coach they got, I mean, poor Detroit. And the Red Wings and the Tigers and the Pistons and <laughs> these guys. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this is the first time that the first seven picks were uh, taken on offense. And that was a record that had never happened before. Number eight, defensive side of the ball, finally for Carolina, J.C. Horn, who's a defensive back from South Carolina. He's the son of Joe Horn, who was the wide receiver from the uh, Saints and the Chiefs. Number nine, Denver had uh, Pat Sertan, defensive back from Alabama, and son of Patrick Sertan. Junior. Yeah, or Junior, I don't know. Sometimes they were calling people Pat and Patrick and whatever. Well, his his father also played in the NFL. Yes, he did. But what I'm saying is they would – Sometimes they'd say Pat about this guy and Patrick for the other guy. So I wasn't sure if they went by. Yeah, I knew there was son and father. They and call son. him Pat. He is a junior, but they call him Pat. But he is yeah, an yeah. and so. Right. Okay. Number ten uh, would have been Dallas, but they traded it to Philadelphia, so that Philadelphia could pick Devonte Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, the one that uh, everybody was talking about. And Rick was not happy. Were you, Rick? Well, I'm not that upset about it because I I, I don't know these players. You never know how they're going to work out. Now, the Giants end up taking the receiver, too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the two of them do compared to each other. That's right. And, and the reason um, for the trade, Chris, Dallas said they traded because they knew the player that they picked, the one they it was the one they wanted, would be available at that spot. Right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, but it almost looked like they were kind of going after the Giants. You know, the Philadelphia was kind of going after the Giants a little bit there. But, yeah. you know. but I'm, not, I'm not so sure, Dallas. If the Giants hadn't made the trade with Chicago, I could have seen them taking that linebacker that Dallas took. Uh-huh. You know, I think that was a possibility. But I'm, I'm, I was very happy about the trade. I love it. I don't ever remember going into a year where the Giants have had two number one picks like they will next year. Yeah, we were already, uh, the other night when we were talking to Jamal on our regular conference, we were already saying that how you'd be rooting to get the Bears all the time next year. Yeah. But I think he owes me a thank you note for that. So they got a, finally got a quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at number 11, the Giants, uh, it was the Giants pick, but they traded it to Chicago. And the Bears drafted Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. So there you go. That's what we were talking about. So that makes the uh, quarterback room in Chicago a little more talented than it was. Then Dallas took Michael Parsons, a linebacker from Penn State. At 13, the Chargers took uh, Rashawn uh, Slayton, an offensive tackle from Northwestern. 14, from, and then the Jets moved up uh, from uh, 23rd to 14 uh, because they got the pick from Minnesota, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then the Jets took Elijah Vera Tucker, and an off, uh, offensive guard from USC. And the paranoid Patriots folks on the radio, I was going by Sports Hub right around that time, and they were saying, oh, they're just trying to do it to the Patriots again. They knew the Patriots wanted this guy. You know, I don't know if that's true, but it wouldn't be the first time Jets and Patriots pulled something like that. But uh, but then the Patriots got uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. Now, there was a lot of complaining before um, – 
you know, in, in, uh, about him. But I think people ended up being pretty happy that they got him. I mean, that's the way I, th- I think he'll be, be fine. Yeah. Belichick wanted him all along. Belichick, that's the guy that he had his, he, he had his mind well, set on. How about, how about this? Those are your top 15 picks. We're at the bottom of the hour. Let's take our break okay. and then we'll come back and do more NFL draft coverage. Okay. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. And we are back. So uh, we do have Jamal, who is here. Jamal, uh, why don't you unmute and <clears throat> and uh, talk to us about, I assume you want to talk about the Bears. <laughs> okay. Sometime. When he, when he feels One of these ready. Days. Well, yeah, yeah. Yep. Are you there, Jamal? But... Hello. Hello. There, there, you are. There, there you are. Go ahead, Jamal. Okay. Yes, talking about the Bears draft pick. I frankly have mixed feelings about this. On one hand, I'm happy to have a potential quarterback. On the other hand, every time I hear Ohio State, I think of the names of the other great Ohio State quarterbacks in the past. Art Schleister, Jim Carstato, Craig Quinzel, let's see, uh, Troy Brown. Herb Street. Uh, yeah, I forgot about him too. Herb Street, uh, Braxton Miller. I think Ohio State is a different program than it was. I don't think that you uh, – I'm not saying that they're run and shoot that they're the Big 12 and it's uh, 47 to 45 all the time, but there's a little bit of passing going on in this Ohio State offense. And, and was it really Dwayne wasn't. Haskins, Ohio State? Yeah, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, that's, that's only a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. it was, that was only was. Cardell Jones. <laughs> but, yeah, the curse of – yeah. you, you can say that with a number. Like, you look – I started thinking about this. A lot of your schools around here, Texas, Ohio State, USC, Alabama, you know, in recent years, 
these are schools that have been blue bloods, but you look at these are all teams that have won championships in this century. I don't really have a good quarterback history. You know, so I mean, hopefully Justin Fields breaks the mold, and it also doesn't hurt the fact that he transferred it from there from Georgia. So I think yeah, that and, might help him too. Hey, you had Tom Zach back for the Bears back in the day, an Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> but at least did. it gives you at least it gives you some hope, which I don't think you could have had with Andy going into a season with Andy Dalton. You know? <laughs> yeah, and Paul. Yeah. Well, well, that's true, but you know. But I'm still but, about but again, you know, do you and you and Rick? This is going to be the fun thing this year as as the season goes on with you two is watching, you know, about the you know Rick wants that number one pick uh, to be a good pick, so you know, he doesn't want the Bears to do well. <laughs> do the Giants play the Bears this year, Rick? No. Oh well, no. that's too bad. Okay. All right. Any, and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, they do. I'm sorry. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, they're both they're both second place teams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but they're but well, that's not the is that the division they're playing? Is no, the uh, no, no, is the no, no, but 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 where they're both second place teams, they play each other. Oh, they will. Okay, then yeah. in, in the stand, what we Rick and I call the standings game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Anything else, Jamal? Anything else? Uh, yes. As for the Patriots, I think Mac Jones can be an interesting quarterback. Hopefully, for their sake, mm-hmm. they didn't get a. At Alabama bus like A.J. McCarron was, or some of the other Alabama quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I was saying to people uh, the other night, you got two Auburn guys and an Alabama guy in the quarterback room. So kind of <laughs> interesting for the Patriots now, now right this now. Guy, the Niners got Trey, who was the guy from uh, North Dakota? Trey Lawrence? Trey yeah. Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Well, I remember the last North Dakota State quarterback that made it Carson Wentz. The poor guy could barely stay on the field. So hopefully this guy is more doable than Carson. Well, and we Carson Wentz has had one of the strangest careers. You know, he was, he was uh, you know, been injured. He was real, he was great for a while, and then he was a bust. So we'll see what happens to him now. And I'm still, yeah, I'm still going to do a wait and see on Carson Wentz because now that he's with Frank Reich and yeah. he can be. Yeah, I mean, he may bounce back. He may bounce back. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So um, I think it was after the show that we had the trade of Teddy Bridgewater to Denver yeah. for a sixth rounder. So that was, uh, you know, and so that was the thing. But then I guess we could get into the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. And, and it just, I guess the craziest thing about it to me, and I said this the other night, I, I think, you know, you've got a presence there, this Mark Murphy, and, and that's fine. When you have an owner of a team, uh, you know, I think it's a it's a different situation. I'm sure that the whole Brady Belichick thing might have come up five years ago, but Kraft probably kept it under wraps. And oh, come on, Bill, Tom's not so bad. Come on, Tom, Bill's not so bad. And they both liked, you know, he liked both of them. They got along with them. So I think it helps to have somebody who's going to be there for the long term. These guys who run the Packers. They're going to be there for their term. It, it may be a long term. I don't know, for example, how long Kevin Arlen's father was running it. But, you know, you, you're just saying it's a little different than an owner who you know might be there, you know, 10 years from now, and you could really count on him. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that's a factor. I don't know. And Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, as we know, is very difficult to deal with anyway. He's trying to do a Brett Favre thing, even though they – even though technically they told Brett Favre, hey, you can go on, you know, let's, we're going to go with Rodgers, where he's doing, and this guy's, this guy's made it difficult. This is, I mean, it's, he's the same guy that still hasn't talked to his immediate family because of an ex-girlfriend eight yeah. and a half years ago, the one before Danica, and he's already said, I'm going to do this, and either me or him, and 
I don't think he has enough clout. And I mean, let's not be let's not be no. naive. It's a money issue. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it's what it is. A, it's a money, it's a money and issue. And and Aaron Rodgers, I I will say it here first. He will not retire. Aaron Rodgers no. desires no. attention way too much. So if, right. if it's play for the Packers or retire, he'll play for the Packers because he needs that attention. That's why, in yeah. my mind, he and Danica didn't make it. They they're too much alike. <laughs> and he's a Jordan, and he's mad over. I mean, he's mad over a guy that they drafted who they don't even know who isn't even on the like roster. Quarterback. Yeah, of course. What well, they were saying on on uh, NFL radio, this Jordan Love, yeah, was not the backup last year and wasn't going to be this year. <laughs> no, he was on the practice squad. It was a, yeah, it yeah, and uh, but it was a strange pick. Why would you use your first pick in the draft, you know, to take a quarterback unless you really are wanting to move on from? You know, San Francisco just did that. We know Jimmy right. G is not long for San Francisco one way or the other. He's going somewhere. We don't know when, where, how, but he's. Well, he said today. The, he said today, Chris, he is ready for the competition. Yeah, well, that's fine, and and yeah. and you know, but he's he's had trouble staying on the field. But my point about him. They're going to work something out. Either they'll trade one or the other, and you know you're not drafting. You know, why did Belichick not have to look for a quarterback for 20 years? Because he had one. You know, so if you've got an Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you've got a Russell Wilson, if you've got a, you know, a, a, you name them, you know, the top five or six quarterbacks in the league, you don't you do not do that in the first round. Why did they do that? Yeah, but, wait, I mean, you, you, you but could he, say if you, he have, is if you have a Brett Favre, why would you take an Aaron Rodgers? Right. Because and, Aaron Favre, Rodgers, well, and Aaron Rodgers is approaching 40 years old. Yeah, he is. He's 38. 38. 38. But I, I'm not sure how old Favre was at that point. But it's like, and I think Love's, I think Love slipped, you know, to them where they didn't expect him to be there at the end of the first yeah. round. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get a chance to grab a quarterback that you think might be a franchise quarterback? I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't blame him. It's like, hey, let's let him, let's let him go, kind of the way they did with Rodgers, and Rodgers get married with the same yeah. thing, which basically he did. He did to Brett Favre. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, if it, but then it doesn't show good that the like, you know this may be a Stidham guy. You know, just a guy that's not going to really yeah, but play I, for you. I don't, so. I don't feel. I don't feel bad. I can't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, poor him. Poor him. No, I mean, I'm not feeling and, bad for him. I'm just saying. I, I think I, that in, the structure there, and, and nobody told him they were going to move up. In the NBA, they tell you. I don't know if what happens in the NHL, NFL. I'm, I'm not sure whether that's something done they don't. or not. You know, most times they don't. They, no, they don't now. Said, he, but he's equating himself to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, which is not. He's not. He's only won one Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah he's won one Super I mean, Bowl, and he's blown. He like, well, you know, we this year. he's lost four or five NFC Championship games. You know? Well, well, yeah. and, and and keep in mind, they were talking about it on 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 the on the radio the other night on Sirius XM, and like Pat Kerwin saying he was complaining about the end of the game, you know, in the NFC Championship game. Well, like Pat Kerwin said, some of that responsibility is his too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then again, everything could be great because Tim Tebow may come back. He could come back wow. to Jacksonville. Well, you, you do know, Chris, that Urban Meyer bought a home right next door to Tim Tebow for a couple, oh, two and a half nice, million. Nice. Yeah. And uh, and Michael Vick can come back because he ran a 4.7240. So he's ready to come back. So uh, anyway. Rick, so what you're saying else? then, Chris, what you're saying then, Chris, is that I will be right here on the legend because I couldn't run a four point whatever 40 <laughs> without peeling over. Yeah. Right. Right. 
So, um, Rick, was there anything else that you, as our ace NFL reporter, noticed in the draft or any other maneuvers that were done this week? Not really. I'll just say that, you know, I'm interested in this Giants receiver, who, by the way, he actually has some rap songs out, I guess. He goes by the name Young Joker. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> his his <laughs> last name is Tony, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius yeah. yeah, Tony. I didn't yeah. remember his first name, but I thought of Andrew Tony when I, you know, yeah. when they drafted him. So that's how I remember his last name. I, I will say um, he, I, you know, he may have rap songs. He was on with the guys on Sirius XM, a very well-spoken young man. Oh, good. I, I, good. Yeah. I hang on to the to... ball. That that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. never hang on to the ball. No. That's part of the problem. And I, I, I look gotta... at my Texans. I look at my Texans and their draft. All right, worst defense in the league. You don't have you don't have picks. Now, granted, I know they went and got this quarterback out of Stanford. You know, because yeah, the, we all know they got to go get another quarterback to insurance because we don't know what's going to happen yeah. with Deshaun Watson and all that situation. But it sounds like Sean. Picks, it sounds like, by the way, with that situation with the the Deshaun Watson, it sounds like they are preparing. The Texans are that he is probably not going to play at least right. this year and maybe not again. Yeah, they're talking about well, yeah, at least being put on the commissioner's exempt list is what I'm hearing. Yes. But their first three draft picks are offense, and they have the worst defense in the league. And they lose, you know, they let J.J. Watt go, but you know, this this team, this, you know, Joe Olstein's buddy over whatever, the preacher man running him. Yeah, and, yeah this, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, well, so yeah, the other thing, what do you think, all right, just, just to play uh, just a fun thing, if nothing had happened to Deshaun Watson, if, uh, you know, none of this had come up and all that, do you think Deshaun Watson would be in Green Bay and Rodgers would be in Houston? I don't know if he'd be in Green Bay, but I think he would have been maybe a San Francisco. Or Actually, I, I still think he's either going to the Jets or Miami. But yeah, I, I, I think, think that would. I think the Miami or the Jets would have had those are others that I think would have have heard. I think this all would have. And they talked about that how these fifteen, these top fifteen, all these five quarterbacks. It was affected primarily by. Deshaun Watson and this story coming out and a little bit by the Aaron Rodgers situation because the rumor was San Francisco offered Aaron Rodgers a pretty good uh, they offered Green Bay a pretty good sum for Aaron Rodgers yeah they they, they, they sure did they they offered him like three they offered Green Bay like three number one picks Uh, I forget how many apparently Denver did too yeah Yeah, Denver had a pretty good vote for him they were one also the three teams that Aaron Rodgers wants to go to are the 49ers, Raiders, and Broncos. And, yeah. and, of course, the 49ers now have Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. They have Trey Lance. And Denver, their quarterback situation's a mess. And, of course, the well, Raiders Bridge, have, they got Bridgewater. At least they got a decent quarterback now at Bridgewater. Yeah. The, Ra- yeah. the, Ra- the Raiders, of course, have Derek Carr, Marcus Mariona, and Nathan, and Nathan Peterman. If you want to get excited about that, right? You know, Robert, what, what's what's the reaction of the Raiders fans with their first pick? Because you know, every year there's one pick where like Kuiper and and, and oh, McShay, um, well, McShay go, what are they doing? And, and this year it was the Raiders pick, uh, the offensive line there. Yeah, well, as I said, Rick, we needed offensive line help yeah. because we had to we had to trade away those guys Trent Brown, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson because we had to make room on the salary cap. So right, they knew right. they they knew because of the amount of money that they were paid, they were gonna have to restructure their cap and that was the best way they could do it. So we needed defensive help and we needed offensive line help. And 
I don't know, uh, you know, I don't follow uh, college football, but uh, according to those that do, they say that Alex Leatherwood, I, I guess, is yeah. a good yes. offensive a good offensive lineman. The Ra- uh, the Raiders plan on using him at tackle, but I understand at Alabama he played guard, so I don't know yeah, how he played good. He was a guard, but he can move over to tackle. He yeah, can move. he's good. He's he's good. So, you know, I mean, it's it's like um you know it's like I, we say in fantasy football a lot that nobody's a bad player. It's just where do you get them? And it, it's it, they made it sound like they thought he was taken way too early. They might have been well, able to get him. Well, yeah, all, but, a lot yeah. of the experts had him going in the second round. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. And I think and that's kind of why they they liked what Belichick, where he stayed where he was, and he got the guy he really wanted anyway. And that's mm-hmm. what they really like when you do that. You know? Yeah, well, yeah you got some people here saying that. He didn't. He really didn't want to take him, and he was almost forced into it because he was still there. He was yeah, hoping yeah. that he'd be gone by then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, and I, I want, another I want, factor in that Deshaun Watson thing. Just quickly getting back to that, he I mean, Rogers. He probably couldn't. I don't know what I was thinking of. He probably can't go to Houston. He has probably lived in sin. That's correct. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yes. Yeah, he I couldn't mean, go. To, yeah, that's true. Uh, with the amount of relationships he's been in, in and out of, there's no way you oh, yeah. would have. Him. I think the Colts had a pretty decent draft. Bills, Colts, I think they did pretty good. Well, I think I think they did okay. I think um, they got a. Um, I think they got a pretty good guy from Michigan. What's his name? Quitty Pay or something like that. Quitty Pay, yeah. yeah. Quitty yeah. Pay, yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to help out. I think instantly. I think they're. Second rounder from where was he from? Um, is going to be a good player, but he has an ACL injury, so you never know about those. Yeah. But I don't know I about like, the quarterback, the sixth round, the guy oh, from Texas. I like, like, yeah, I think I think he, Sam Ellinger is going to be a good. He's going to be a good quarterback. I think for you, he he's not the starter. He's not a starter. That's why he went to sixth round. He had some, you know, he's a he's an over the top type quarterback. But with someone like a Frank Reich, he can come in, and you need that pretty strong backup quarterback. I mean, Colt McCoy's made an eleven year career out of it. Uh, Gary Kubiak made a long career. To being a good backup, uh, you know, and like I said, if, if Frank Wright can work with uh, with Carson Wentz, he yeah. could him and Jacob Eason, you know, fighting. And keep in mind, will Carson, to, can Carson Wentz even stay healthy? Well, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, and him and Jacob Eason, he could be, he could be kind of that Toby Brissett type, or he could be kind of like what Sean Payton, like I was saying before, what Sean Payton used Taysom Hill as, kind of, and they could put him in some other formations, tight end formations, as that other, and he has that other option. There's you know, all kinds of different things they could do okay, with him. Okay, for, for you college football gurus, what do you think about Ian Book going to the New Orleans Saints. Ian Book. Yeah. Oh, the, the quarterback, quarterback from uh, yeah from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. I, I think that'll be pretty good. I don't think he's not going to start. He, I don't think, but I think that'll be some good. If there's some questions, I don't think he's going to start right away. But I think. Now, who's the quarterback down there now with Breeze retired? Uh it'll be well, Jason Hill or Jason, and Jason, and Jason, Jason Winston. Winston and Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. I think he's a good. I think, like I said, I think he's a guy who can come in. You know, you need that utility guy. You need that reliever, that backup quarterback. You need. I think he. Well, he put up some pretty good numbers in college. In college this year, yeah. so you and, know that was. That and was if good. he gets the right chance, who knows? Remember, Tom Brady was. A That's right. Seventh round pick. Right. Uh, Sixth round know. pick, 199 overall. Yeah. Oh. Remember, you never know. You never know if he gets the right. If he gets the right, and if Jameis 
something doesn't work out, hey, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad pick for them at all. Well, well I don't think Jameis, Jameis, he'll always be known for 30 for 30. 30 yeah. touchdowns, 30 interceptions. I don't you know, think so. Jameis is long-term anywhere, Jameis Winston, because no, if I he was... he's had some issues now, unless he's matured, but he's had some attitude issues. You know, Rebel he's been the, on the police blotter. He's been throwing yep. interceptions. I really don't trust Jameis Winston with, with, uh, in any particular way. So. No, and, but uh, he had like like surgery. Maybe he just couldn't tell the color of the uniform. And, <laughs> and I remember a few years ago, Tampa Bay was featured on Hard Knocks. And boy, he's got a rotten personality. I, I can feel... <laughs> I can see why people didn't get along with him too well. But so, so, Rick, you, you, you said a couple yeah, more Yeah, I got a couple of things that weren't with, uh, to do with the draft. Um, speak, speaking of lousy personalities with Tampa Bay, they re-signed Antonio Brown. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Kansas City signed um, running back Gerald McKinnon. Um, yeah. Was there a rule pass that I missed where the Super Bowl uh, participants get extra cap money? Because it seems like Kansas City and Tampa Bay are signing people every week. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, it's just uh, those two know how to play with their numbers. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you went to the I Super Bowl a lot recently, like the Patriots, they got to sign yeah. everybody, too. And now, I, heard, yeah. I heard that Tampa Bay is the first Super Bowl team ever to have all 22 starters return the next year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's correct. Wouldn't be. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I have a question about the NFL. The Colts okay. need a offensive lineman. There was one that was speaking of salary cap that was just released by the Bears. Uh, Charles Leno, I guess a seven-year starter. Could he help the Colts? I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think he's a yeah. I mean, I think he was a cap casualty. So you know. yes, he was. Yeah, yeah and, that's... and um, yesterday was the deadline for everybody to either deny or pick up their fifty-year options yeah. for the twenty eighteen draft class, and um. Most of the ones you expected to be picked up got picked up. Uh, a few of the notables, uh, they did not get picked up. Tony Michelle was one of them for the Patriots. Yeah. I, guess oh. Bill, I guess Bill doesn't like him or something. Um, he hasn't and, been healthy. Uh, uh, he really hasn't been very healthy. He's been, and they did have, who was that young guy that they had coming in last year, Rick? Started Damian Harris. Damian Harris, Harris played yeah. pretty well yeah. second half of the yeah. year, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and they, um... The Thursday night football package, Amazon was supposed to take it over in 2023. They moved it back to 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. And okay. Um, and then Adam Schefter just reported just before we get on the air, um, a tackle for the Denver Broncos, Jawan James, tore his ACL today on a... Um, Oh, on a workout yeah. outside the team facilities. Oh, yeah. Means, uh, he, oh, he, that's always good. He's, out, uh, he's he, gone for the season, and because he did it outside the team facilities, his $10 million contract for the year may be in jeopardy. That's, that's right. correct. Yes. Well, not, yeah. not, not only that, Rick, he's always been injury-prone because when, when he was with the Chargers, he got hurt every year, either before yeah. the season or well, during the season. So. They, hold, yeah, boy, hold on, Bill, we're trying to get, hold on, guys. Bill, we're trying to get you in. No, I'm something. just waiting. Uh, we've got a breaking baseball story after oh okay after the okay well, we can start off the baseball we will we'll probably get into baseball in a couple minutes we can start the baseball with that so okay. um but the, the thing i wanted to say is those covid players last year were lucky everybody's running around having their off the field workouts that weren't authorized by anybody if anybody's yeah. gotten hurt remember brady organized workouts and everything else and i don't think oh, they were yeah. authorized by anybody and if anybody's gotten hurt in those things they would have been in major trouble that brings up something else I just heard today, that, that the Players Association told their players that they're they're negotiating to try to get it so that the players can opt out again this year if they want to. 
Oh, oh boy. I don't think that's going to be. Yeah, no, they're not going to do that. Yes, but you know what? They're throwing that in there because they want to cut back on the workouts and the yeah. voluntary yeah. appearances, so they need something else to throw into the – it's like negotiating the DH just so you have something else to throw into the right. pot, you know? Yeah, so right, that's right. probably what that's for. Okay, I, I, we pretty much done with the NFL because Bill has heartbreaking yeah, news. Yeah. Well, heartbreaking if, news. if you're go, go a pitcher ahead, for the Cincinnati Reds, you're kind of unlucky. We've had one suspension already this year. Amir Garrett out seven or suspended for seven games. He's appealing it. I guess he had a little brush up with Javi. Um, Perry, you might know more about that situation. Javi Baez. Javi yeah. Baez, yes. Yeah, but seven games, Amir Garrett. But see, he had his track record. He has a reputation. But neither one that charged into the Pirates dugout last year. And um, he's kind of a hothead. And he can't back it up on the field anyway. So nobody really pays attention to him. But he's suspended. What he did, what he did though, is he struck out Anthony Rizzo. And uh, Javi Baez then came out of the dugout and and went after him, and uh, that's where this go is coming from. Why did Baez go after him if he you know, just struck somebody out? What was the because point? he struck out Anthony Rizzo and then he was celebrating, you know, taunting oh, Rizzo. Ah, okay, okay, one of those celebrations. Okay. Well, if I had a some celebrations, here. I guess are. Okay. I don't know how. Were, were you listening to that game, Bill, at the yeah, time when that happened? Right, I was. And it, but if you have a twelve ERA, I wouldn't be celebrating too much. <laughs> well, that I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it when Gazolak will, will point that, especially if the other team does it. He says. Oh, he made a great tackle. Patriots got the first down, but he's all happy. He thinks yeah. he did a great job. Now, when it happened, Bill, did uh, Thrall and Brantley see it right away? They they kind of. They kind of did. and they <laughs> Because uh, I was listening to Boog Shambi and, um, and uh, Jim Deshaies, and they didn't even know that it had happened. Because remember, they were out doing the game on a monitor. They right. didn't even know that it had happened until it was about over. Well, you got to remember they were at the game. They're breaking it. So, and you also got to remember. And Jim Deshays, by the way, says the celebration that um, Amir Gare did. He he said it was it was a bush league thing. Right, but it wasn't. I didn't. Then they didn't think at the time it was that big a thing because both players, you know, they restrained the people and said they we're did. not we're not going to. This is not worth. Getting suspended, or and it sounded like it, it. From what Shambi and Deshays said, and and you can say if it was different on the Reds broadcast, it sounds like that it was um, Rizzo and Mike Mustakas that pretty much put an end to it. Yeah, they said, "Look, we're not. It's right. this is not right. worth. You know, we're not going to the, the mat for this yeah. one, right? So, but okay. seven games. So. Let's uh, go here. We got the uh, standings, and there have been some changes. People have been moving around yes. a little bit. And, and then, Chris, we, we have the Cubs disabled list is growing is growing okay. by the hour. <laughs> we'll get to that right after we do the standings and the schedule. Uh, American League East, the Red Sox, 17 and 12. Not been playing as well, but they're, you know, for a good, if you're going to have a good year, and I'm not saying they're not going to have a, a worse stretch than this, but what they've been doing, they were 9 and 3, and, and uh, David USF was talking about the Dodgers being 13 and 2, and now they're whatever they are, you know, and they've been struggling a lot more. If you can stay around 500 for a couple of weeks, some parts of the year, and then go and get your, you know, 9 and 5, 10 and 4, 
and then stay around that market about 12 over, you know, that kind of thing, then you can have a really good year. Now we'll see if they can do that or if they're just going to stay. I've seen seasons where they just stay where they are. You know, they just play 500 ball for the rest of the year. Like 2002, they started off until early June and then just stayed whatever that was, 15 games over 500 the rest of the year and couldn't get any better. So you don't, you don't know. But anyway, they're 17 and 12. Toronto has been playing lately, uh, better lately at 14 and 13. Tampa Bay has come along a bit, 15 and 15. The Yankees are 14 and 14. And Baltimore is 14 and 15. So really, uh, there's a bit of a gap there with the Red Sox. But then from Toronto, you know, they're all within a game of each other. The Red Sox two games ahead of them. So the division has certainly tightened up. In the Central, Kansas City has uh, lost a few years, 16 and 11. The White Sox are on their tail at 15 and 12. Cleveland at 14 and 13. Minnesota's coming along a little bit at 11 and 16. And the Tigers are horrendous at eight and twenty-one. <laughs> in the West, we have Oakland at eighteen and twelve. We have Houston is uh, still doing okay at fifteen and thirteen. Seattle is sixteen and fourteen. The Angels, I don't know, thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. And Texas is thirteen and seventeen. But the good enough to win three out of four against the Red Sox. Yeah. National League East. This is crazy, and this is like I said the other day, 1973. Washington 12 and 12, Philadelphia 14 and 15, the Mets are 11 and 12, Atlanta is 12 and 16, and Miami is 11 and 16. So uh, that's kind of uh, a struggling division. In the Central, Milwaukee is 17 and 12. St. Louis has been playing better lately. They're right there at 17 and 12. Cincinnati 13 and 14, falling back a bit. Pittsburgh at 12 and 16, and the Cubs 12 and 16. But they did get out of last place at least for a while by winning today. And in the West, we have San Francisco, the surprise really of the San Francisco and Kansas City probably the surprises right now. Uh, they're 17 and 11. The Dodgers 17 and 12. So that's right. The Dodgers were what? 15, 13, what was it? 15, 15 and 13 two. And, 13, 13 and two. two. Now the so 17 four and 12. And nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 17 and 12 for the Dodgers. San Diego 17 and 13. Arizona's gotten into the mix a little bit at 15 and 13. Colorado isn't. 10 and 18. In for Tuesday night, we already had the game today where the uh, Cubs beat the Dodgers uh, seven to nothing in the first uh, seven to one. I'm sorry, the first game of the doubleheader. Do we have a score on the Giants in Colorado? I will get that for you momentarily. Okay. Then uh, they were going to play today at uh, 540 uh, Eastern time, so that's been underway for a while. That's also a split admission. Actually, that's not a split doubleheader. It's just three three hours. I guess that's a regular doubleheader. Chris, it is 10-0 Giants in the top of the fourth. (laughs) Whoa. Okay, that's in Colorado. So at 640, we have the White Sox at Cincinnati. Arizona at Miami, 7.05, Houston at the Yankees, Milwaukee, ESPN, ESPN, that's right, our TV uh, guru will tell us these things, Milwaukee at Philadelphia, also at 7.05, the Braves are at Washington, then that's that's also 7.05, 7.10, Detroit at the Red Sox, it was rainy earlier today, but it's okay now. It's kind of clammy, but it's not. They'll play. Seven forty. The Dodgers at the Cubs for the second game. The Cubs going for the sweep. Texas at Minnesota. Seven forty-five. The Mets are at St. Louis. Eight ten. We have Cleveland at Kansas City. Eight forty. San Francisco at Colorado. Nine thirty-eight. The Angels like that time now. Tampa Bay at the Angels. Nine forty. Toronto at Oakland. And ten ten. Pittsburgh at San Diego. And Baltimore at Seattle. So there you go. That's your standings and schedules. What was it? Somebody was going to tell, talk about something right after we did the standings and schedules. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Jacob, DeGrom was Jacob DeGrom was scratched tonight with right side tightness. That'll be. An MRI tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got and a bunch the Cubs, of other stuff, too. And, and the Cubs oh, have put on, before you leave, 
Yeah, before you leave Jacob DeGrom, we were talking about him last week, and of course, he right on cue went out the next night and lost one to nothing. Yes. Um, I heard a stat that's amazing. Since 2018, his ERA is under two. His record is 38 and 43. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> by, by the way, just coming across, too, in addition to that seven games for Amir Gett, uh, Javier Baez was defined an undisclosed amount. So, okay. and yeah, but the Cubs uh, injured list, I know I said disabled list earlier, good hap- <laughs> habits die hard. Yeah. You know how that goes. Yeah, right. um, Jake Arrieta has a, a cut on his thumb. Um, Nico Horner has um, arm soreness because he collided with Ian Happ the other day. And uh, the third guy is Dan Winkler. He has arm soreness, and they think he'll be on the DL for quite a while. Okay, so all, all these people but are Ian on the Hap, IL, Ian though, Hap, right? Yes, but okay. Ian Happ, by the way, apparent, and that was a. I think you would agree, though. That was an ugly collision on Sunday, but Ian Happ has rib soreness, and they said he could have played today if you know if, if an emergency. Okay. Another major injury just uh, to report on. Starting pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dustin May, has to undergo Tommy John surgery. So he'll Mm -hmm. be out for the rest of the year and probably quite a bit of next year. Yeah, probably at least a year and then maybe 14, 16 months. And, uh, Robert, you may as well get the injuries out of the way. You had uh, one of your pitchers uh, playing a video game and broke his little finger, huh? People in their video games, I I despise them, but that's just me. Apparently on Saturday, Jesus Lazardo, or one of our starting pitchers, before the game was playing a, a video game. I don't know which one it was, but he got upset at the video game and slammed his hand on a table. <laughs> and when he did that, he broke his pinky. But he went out and pitched because it was his day to pitch. And I didn't watch the game Saturday. I was occupied with other stuff. But apparently he threw, threw three innings and gave up six runs and and now he's on the injured list. So I don't know enough about Spanish to know if you get upset, do you yell Jesus? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we got a lot oh. of baseball notes, even other, even beyond the injuries. Uh, Dave and uh, Dave O'Brien and uh, Jerry and Dennis Eckersley, uh, Jerry Remy and Dennis Eckersley, will be at Fenway Park tonight to do the game. Hey. Uh, you know, and that's, that's what the, Dan Shaughnessy said. And apparently, I don't know, again, uh, you guys said that last year, I'm still not understanding this, the last year no, none of the TV crews were in the park. And now, no. But this year they are, I guess, right? The TV crews in the home park. Yeah, you're. Uh, you're wait, 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 wait a minute! No, no, no. The Cubs guys were at Wrigley Field last year. They were, oh, were they? okay. Okay. Good. All right. I mean, I didn't understand why the radio crews were and the TV crews. Yeah, because the radio crews understood. were too. Yeah, because the radio crews are too. And remember, Corey, uh, Corey Provis and Dan Gladden say they are hopeful that maybe in June some of these restrictions may get lifted. I think so. I think if we can get, you know, the new goal today was 70% of adults being, uh, you know, fully vaccinated by the 4th of July. I don't see any reason why people can't travel from then on. You know, it's kind of crazy at that point. And basically all the people in baseball will be vaccinated because these teams, we now, we haven't gotten the team, I don't think yet, who's gotten, and I think they'll start to announce them when they when they do. But I think we're going to get teams that are have, have don't have the restrictions. Once they get 85%, uh, we do. Have, Chris, Chris, wait a minute. We do have two, and they played this weekend, the Yankees and the Tigers. That's They've correct. already met their 85%? Yeah. They have, yes. And, Good for them. And, All right. and according, according to the Sunday Globe, Chris, there's up to nine teams that 
is about ready to approach that figure. So good. And good. Uh, Dan Dickerson and Jim Price were saying that when the Tigers were in Oakland, Oakland hadn't, but the Tigers at that point had released, you know, reached that figure. So they were yeah. all, didn't have to wear their masks in the dugout right. and all that stuff. So, and now the Yankees and they were, like, they were rolling all over the, but Dan and Jim apparently still are not traveling though. Right. No, I, it's going to take a, you know another month or two. I think we'll get it. Okay, so then uh, this guy, Richard Johnson, and I've heard him on shows. He's very good. He works for the New England Sports Museum, and he had some very interesting statistics that were uh, quoted uh, by Dan Shaughnessy in his notes column on Sunday. Uh, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron both scored 2,171 runs in their careers. Warren Spahn won 363 games and had 363 hits. Charlie Huff was 216 and 216. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Walter Alston was 20 and 20 in World Series. And Fisk and Gary Carter hit as many home runs in their home parks as they did on the road, you know, half at home, half on the road throughout their career. Both of them exactly the same. Those are pretty amazing statistics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, let's see. So, uh, Perry, you had a situation. You may as well tell this story because story, you told it during the week about the uh, Phillies and Cardinals and the three batter rule. Remember what happened with the three batter rule when the uh, when the guy was hitting everybody? Oh yeah, the the pitcher for the Cardinals oh, when oh, they were yeah. playing the Phillies, he he came in, he hits Bryce Harper in the face, right, and uh, then he hits the next guy kind of near Didi the Gregorius. ribs. Yeah, Didi, yeah Didi he hits Gregorius. him in the ribs, and yeah. of course Joe Girardi goes bonkers and he's upset about it. And Mike Schultz says, "Well, I want to take him out, but I can't." And then Girardi's yelling at the umpire, why can't you do something? The umpire said, I can't do anything either because he's not doing it. Um, and nobody, not even Girardi thought he was doing he it. Didn't yeah, he didn't right, have control. Right, he, he didn't yeah. have any control. And that's one of the problems with the three batter rule. But as a rule, as, as a, I kind of like the rule. And yeah, me too. if you tried to do something, you know, for a situation like this, what I fear you would have is team well, don't hurt somebody, but I only want you to face one batter. So go out there and just kind of hit somebody. And I can say, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't, I would hate to see that happen. Right. So then you heard an interview of an interesting interview with Alex Cohen of, uh, of, of the I-Cubs. What was yes. he talking about in the minor um, league season coming he up? He said here? that, well, of course they start tonight. And of course, he would like access to the players and things like that to do his job, which anybody would. To do that, he had to test negative for the virus, and they did his test. I believe he said they did it on Friday, and it must have come back okay because I've not heard anything. And uh, he had. You said he'd already had it, and he was vaccinated. He was vaccinated, and he had the virus. Yes, but so he was, you know, in pretty good shape to not, you know, test positive for anything. But he had to to quarantine over the weekend until that test came back. So he was on the radio on Saturday from his home, and um, hopefully everything came back. We'll know here in a few minutes. Right. Uh, so let's see. And the other thing he says, they're going to be six game series in the minor leagues. A there lot, will be, for a lot of these. Yes, there will be six games. Some will be five, but you'll see six. He said, you're kind of some fans who don't like playing the same teams a lot. He said, you're kind of going to get tired of some of these teams. <laughs> you know, he said, we're going to see Indianapolis, Omaha, St. Paul and, and a few others. But he said, you're going to get tired of them once the season gets rolling. But he said, I'd rather have the season and get tired of them than not have the season at all. And you yeah. also said that he said that they're not going to travel now. Maybe later, they said. Correct. But, maybe, but maybe later. 
You would think that they're going to be even worse. I mean, uh, bo- you know, uh, both the Yankees and the Red Sox crews were complaining about the the, uh, the monitors they were watching from Baltimore. They were not happy with the the camera angles and the things that got out of Baltimore. But I would think it'd be even worse. And Chris, than the that's what League. happened. That's what happened too on Saturday. Remember when I said uh, Shambi and and Deshays didn't even see the yeah. Bias Garrett thing because they were doing the game on the monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the problem with the, some of these. You know, if you can't get a good feed out of Baltimore and you go to some of these smaller markets, you know, the people aren't as well trained, you know. so Well, Alex Cohen said that his, you know, the people that, you know, work under him as the broadcast, the lead broadcaster for the iCubs. Uh, he said, we ha- we are making every effort to make sure that we provide the best possible feed that we can oh there'll be good ones too but you know you may get this is the thing you know you have well just it's a little aside but one and we we heard stories about we went to a rick and i went to this place graham junior college they asked people when there was a strike to go into channel seven and run the cameras and stuff they were just you know just learning how to do it and they had to run the cameras for channel seven for a while <laughs> so you know if you're in a small market you, you you're just starting at 23 and you just got out of college you know you may know what you're doing but you might not yet you know so that's the problem i think I think, though, in, in a lot of ways, I think, though, Chris, especially especially here, and I know others, too, but especially here, we Iowa is known for always going above and beyond to make sure that mm-hmm. everything is. I mean, yeah. if a player is on his way out or whatever, and he wants to play in a minor, this is a very popular destination because people love the facilities. They love the way the fans are. They love the way they're treated. Mm-hmm. So it's a very popular destination. So on Friday, the Braves will have uh, be allowed to have as many fans as they want, um, yep, apparently, yep, 100%, 100%. against the Phillies. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, and they'll be masked when eating or drinking, but other than that, they won't. Now, Texas on Saturday night, uh, the Rangers had 35,000. They had 29,000 Sunday. I don't know what, do you have any idea, Sean, what percentage they're allowing in there? Uh, they're allowing 100%, but yeah, they just 100%. haven't passed. Yeah, they're allowing 100 percent now. Wow! What yeah, is the we'll, feeding capacity of Globe Life? Field? Around 40,000. Okay. Around 40. So they're just not drawing. You know, they're not that good a team. So, but right. the thing is, Will Fleming was like shocked and amazed that they were already doing that there. But you know, that's some of the way we feel sometimes up here. Yeah, they started think, on the first. That's when. By they the way, were, I think we're a little slow. I mean, I think we yeah. could do a little yeah. better than we're doing. Yeah. But, and no, aren't aren't the Yankees around the first of June? Yeah, the first of uh, first of July. July. Will be full attendance for the New York team, the Mets and the Yankees. Yep. Yeah, all uh, outdoor sporting events in the state of New York. But then there was a, a news item on yesterday that a lot of things in New York are basically going to open up on May nineteenth. So I don't know why yeah, they made Broadway. Broadway and businesses and yeah. So I don't know why the baseball isn't opening earlier. You know, we've got a scheduled big opening day of August first, but uh, Baker, our governor, is is willing to move it up if things go well. And I think if we can get that seventy percent, you know, kind of thing going around the country. We're going to do better than that because we were already ahead. Of, we're actually uh, Connecticut is the first state I heard this morning that's gotten to fifty percent of the uh, adults are fully vaccinated, and they're the top of the line. And we're going to be close, so I think uh, we may move up faster too. But well, you know. my, my state is pretty disgusting. My, the county that I live in, most of the people in my county don't even want to take the vaccines, and I think it's one of the most ridiculous things that there is. Yeah, there's going to be you problems know? in certain parts of the country, and uh, but I think yeah. the, the the Northeast I think is going to do basically pretty well because it's pretty health conscious anyway. Texas, Texas has been pretty up on people getting the vaccines. Well, that's good. Yeah. Pretty well, so. so, well, now, 
Back in 1997, when, uh, who was it Roberto Alomar spit out? Was it Jim McKean? Uh, that was John Hirschbeck. John Hirschbeck, that's yeah. right. Okay, every time I heard the story, everybody said, well, this is really out of character for Roberto Alomar. He's a good guy. <laughs> well, Roberto, Roberto Alomar got fired by MLB. He's apparently had some... Uh, uh, mis- sexual misconduct with somebody back in 2014. The Blue Jays have cut ties with him as well. And uh, he really, his little uh, tweet that was read, uh, he didn't really apologize. Uh, apologize, he said, you know, uh, of course he's going to stay in the Hall of Fame because there really isn't a morals clause in the uh, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And but this reminds was, me, this reminds me of something was, that Rick and I used to laugh about, and then we can talk about Roberto specifically. I think it was Louis Tion, but whoever it was, Rick, remember every time there was a, every, in every game, there'd be one or two times and he'd be yelling at the umpire about calls for balls and strikes, and every time he did, they'd yeah. say, he doesn't usually do that. Yeah, this is unusual for him. Yeah, 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 <laughs> he did it every yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> But, so these things about this guy, this is really out of character for this one and that one. And hey, we don't know about these sexual things, and, and we're we're going to assume they're they're uh, violations. But you know, he, he spit at a guy. I mean, really? You know, that was yeah. I, I, I was very skeptical at the time when they said that about him. Anyway, yeah. so by, by the way, you, by the way, Chris, we can report um, that Alex Cohen apparently is fine. He is on the air tonight, so Good. apparently everything was fine. And the starting pitcher for the Iowa Cubs is a major league. Uh, a pitcher with some major league experience. I hope I don't botch this guy's name. He played for the <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays. Joe Biagini, I believe is how you pronounce it. Oh, yeah, Biagini. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Biagini, him. Yeah, yeah, Biagini, yeah. Biagini is fine. He will so, start I mean, for the Cubs I, tonight. You guys okay. have any comment on the uh, the full of character um, uh, Roberto Alomar? That well, another piece, of, another piece of news came out on that today, Chris. He, okay. resi- he had to resign from the Hall of Fame board. He was appointed to the Hall of Fame board in 2019. And today he... Uh, posted his letter of resignation for that, so um, he's no longer on the board of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, he was not supposed to participate in baseball activity, so I think he's staying in the Hall of Fame, but I think that means, like Pete Rose, he wouldn't be allowed to go to ceremonies. That that is correct. And and remember, as you said, Chris, there is no morals clause, because obviously if there was a morals clause, there's a lot of people who were in there who wouldn't be. I wasn't I mean I wasn't around but from what you from what you hear Ty Cobb yeah. was not a very nice person no he was no. A nice, that's what they say so um, but yeah but this is just goes back to the old thing oh you, you know you've got to be skeptical if unless you really know in you're maybe in the city with him and you hear things you know like John Havlicek or something you just know that he was a good guy but there's some some of these people that you just really you know and you after they do something like that you you know usually you go a little deeper and there's something else going on another breaking yeah well that's a good point rick just said it it often depends on how you get along with the press right, okay yeah. go ahead, Perry. Go ahead uh, Perry. another piece of breaking news on uh, jacob de grom i know we've got we've covered him <laughs> quite a bit tonight grom show tonight yes but his mri has come back a right lat strain he will not throw for at least a few days and then they'll reevaluate they yeah, really shouldn't have invented that lat. That's been a real since they came up with the lat. <laughs> it's not been a good thing to have anymore. Um, you know, nobody uh, had boy, those anymore. I, uh, they'll probably put him on the injured list. I'm sure Mets fans oh, sure. are going to be hopefully, thrilled. Oh, now, now hopefully good. the hopefully Bill the listeners are good tonight because you and I are breaking news tonight. And if those yes, listeners are not listening to us, they're not getting this breaking news. Oh, they're missing news. everything. No, well, they're not. then another thing that, that we had coming out: Rezzy Jackson is now, uh, after 28 years with the Yankees, now uh, associated with the Astros. 
Yeah. Which apparently is a, um, a friend of uh, Jim Crane, the Astros owner. Is Nolan Ryan still involved with the Astros, or is he gone no, from them? He, he was at Rangers. He's gone no, yeah, Nolan Rangers. Ryan's back. Yeah, because of that whole the whole uh, trash can thing. Reed and Nolan <laughs> had ties with the Astros. Okay. Yeah. What were you? No, no wait a minute. Right. No, what were you going to say before? What I brought up the fact that you and I were really working hard tonight. Now, yeah. The listeners have been been showing their appreciation and their love yeah, for that. You are up five right. listeners over last week. So, right. okay. And then we continue. There's even more notes. Kerwin Danley got injured the other day. He had a foul ball hit him when the Giants and the Rockies were playing, and he was, uh, you know, he's been uh, he's 59 years old. It's his 30th season. He's the first full time black crew chief. And uh, but he's had a bunch of head injuries in his career. That David USF gave us uh, in 08, 09, 13, 15, 16, and 17, and he's had six of them all together. Uh, so that's that's the oh, and there were a couple more baseball notes that we had coming up after that. Oh yeah, we talked about uh, Dustin May with the uh, Tommy John surgery, and then uh, and David Price could be back in the Dodgers uh, uh, rotation. Well, I and, believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that he's currently on the injured list as well. He, but uh, he I is. Think he's, I think mean, he's due to come back soon. So, Oh, and we haven't mentioned the firing of the Mets uh, hitting coaches yet, have we? No. So, Chili Davis was fired and Tom Sla- uh, Slater. 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 And, Slater. And they were fired and they hired a new guy, uh, Hugh, what was his name? Quattlebaum. Quattlebaum. Quattlebaum, yes. So, there you go. So, that's the uh, new Mets hitting coach. So there you go. I think that's all the baseball notes we could possibly come up with. So there, there were a couple of college notes. We may as well slide them in here before we go to the NBA. Um, college baseball, it looks like uh, 100% capacity for, uh, for the SEC. Well, and the for, for LSU. Yeah, for LSU. LSU is 100. LSU and the SEC in general looks like they're going to start. But LSU announced that last, starting last week all outdoor sporting events. Have, okay. could have 100%. And the SEC is, you know, about to do it this week. And the SEC has their own deal. And it's not just with – SEC and the Sun Belt have both done this as far as COVID stuff. Right, uh, okay. If you've been vaccinated, you do not have to participate in the COVID testing. If you've had both of your vaccines, you're exempt from the COVID testing and, you know, restrictions are lifted and, you know, a lot of that stuff. You don't have to do the quarantining, both of mm-hmm. those conferences. And other conferences are slowly following that. Uh, I know the Conference USA was scheduled to vote on it in the America and the Big 12. They were all probably, they're probably going to announce that this week. But I know the SEC and the Sun Belt were out ahead of all that. Okay. And the other college note, Baylor picked their women's uh, basketball coach. Nikki, oh, what's her? I said it earlier. Yeah, you did. Let me find it. Coughlin? Coughlin? No, it wasn't. Uh, that wasn't the way. Let's see. I know no. she was coaching in the WNBA. I know that yeah, much. She was, she was the Atlanta Dream. She was, the head, she, was, she was an assistant coach in Northern Colorado. She married the head coach. And then she was a head an assistant with the Atlanta Dream. Nikki Collin is what you said before. Yeah, Nikki Collin. Nikki Collin. Nikki Collin. Yeah. That's right. In, in 2018, I found it right about the time. In 2018, she became head coach of the Atlanta Dream. She's never been a college head coach before, but hey, she's going to go. She gets to follow Kim Mulkey, so that yeah, be that'll interesting. be interesting. <laughs> okay, so we I have would our almost NBA. bet though it. I would almost bet it. Baylor, Sean, she's probably not going to have the leeway to say some of the things that Kim Mulkey did. 
Uh, no, no, she's probably not. And like I said, I know that was the whole thing. But Northern Colorado, because she married, she married the head coach, and she's forty-five and he's sixty-seven. So hey, he no, hey, good for him. Yeah, yeah, good for him. yeah. All right. So the American, I mean, the American League, the NBA, <laughs> we've got the, uh, we've been doing so much baseball here. You know, it's yeah. funny when baseball gets started, there's, there's so many games and they happen every day. There's always a lot of notes to go through. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. So the NBA, the, the, we, we'll run down these uh, things that we're down to under two weeks now. The season ends on May 16th. So in the East, we are having a battle for first. And actually, Milwaukee's kind of gotten a little bit in the mix. Philadelphia is now 44 and 21. Brooklyn, 43 and 22. Milwaukee, 40 and 24. It's not, uh, you know, they're kind of closing the gap and, a little bit there. And Milwaukee and Brooklyn play tonight. So. Yeah. <laughs> We have the Knicks at 37 and 28. Now they're on a road trip, and uh, but they're doing okay so far. They beat uh, Memphis and Houston, but they've got a bunch of tough games coming up because they're going to go to Denver, Phoenix, and the two Los Angeles teams. That's so we'll correct. see how they how they do. Yeah. Atlanta, 36 and 30, is in fourth. Uh, fifth, I'm sorry. Fifth. So the yeah. Knicks are fourth. Atlanta's fifth. Miami's 35 and 30 in sixth. Uh, the Celtics are now seventh. So they'd be the top play-in team at the moment at 34 and 31. Now, uh, looking at Atlanta, uh, Miami, and, and the Celtics next to each other here, Monday and Tuesday night, big games because they're going to be here and they against Miami. They're back-to-back uh, finishing up their series. They only played in Miami. The Celtics have the tiebreaker because they won in Miami, but they have it now. But that doesn't mean they're going to have it when that gets over. So that's that's important. We also had a uh, scary collision between Tatum and Brown the other night in the Celtics game. I guess Brown says he's going to be okay, and I don't know what Tatum is saying now. But No, it's the other way around. Tatum's fine for tomorrow night. Yeah, Brown has a has a sprained ankle, and he's... He are, and it was the same ankle he had hurt before, too. I think yeah. that's the problem. Well, maybe Kemba will come back, too, but who knows. Yeah, he's okay. supposed to be okay for tomorrow night. All right. But, uh, yeah, and they don't play back-to-back. They're playing Friday, so he can play Friday, too. So, anyway, the Celtics are 34-31. and 31, Charlotte, 31-33. and 33, uh, Indiana, 30-34. and 34, So, they're right behind Charlotte. And Washington is 30-35. Uh, and 35. So, there's a, yeah. quite a battle. So, right now, if the play-in games were held in the East, the Celtics would host Charlotte and Indiana would host Washington. And then going, uh, it looks pretty good that those 10 teams will be in because you drop down uh, the Bulls. Are, I mean, Toronto's 11th with 27 and 38. So that's like uh, a three-game three difference. Games, yeah. So, yeah. So I think those 10 teams will be uh, the playoff slash play-in teams. Toronto, 27 and 38. Chicago, 26 and 39. Uh, Cleveland, 21 and 43. Orlando, 21 and 44. Detroit, 19 and 46. In the West, and they've been battling, and we've got big battles there. Utah at 47 and 18. Phoenix, 46 and 18. Denver, 43 and 22. The Clippers, 43 and 22. So they're three and four. Lakers are now down to fifth at 37 and 28. Dallas at 36 and 28. And then we get to the play in teams. Portland at 36 and 29, but, you know, just behind Dallas and the Lakers, not far. Portland, 36, 29. Golden State has moved up to eighth place at 33 and 32. Memphis, 32 and 32. And San Antonio, 31 and 33. So the play in games right now would be Portland hosting Golden State and Memphis hosting San Antonio, right, at the moment. And those, mm-hmm. again, will be the 10 teams that will participate because you drop off to New Orleans. At 29 and 36, so the, again, it's about a two and a half game lead for uh, San Antonio over New Orleans. So we basically know the 20 teams that'll be playing postseason basketball. We just don't know who's going to play in these play-in games and and what the series are going to be. So New Orleans 29 and 36, Sacramento 27 and 37, 
Uh, Oklahoma City is 21 and 44, Minnesota 20 and 45, and the Rockets are 16 and 49. Boy, they're, they're really gone up. And, and by the way, LeBron James has come out and spoke out against these play-in games. He says, "Yeah, and he came them. back and hurt himself." So yes, he did. Again. Yeah, he did. So um, I don't know. I mean, well, LeBron, you know, whatever. I mean, I think I actually like him. Uh, you know, maybe if it was an eighty-two game, but it's only 20, seventy-two. So well, it's been a long season. I kind of like that sudden death aspect of it, and like really it. make those yeah. top six. Yeah, you know, I kind of like know. the idea. You know what? I would like it if they kept this even with an eighty-two game season. Yeah, me too. I, I don't see yeah. anything wrong with it. No, I like he actually came out last game? year. Yeah, he came out last year and and was in support of the playing games in the bubble there. But now yeah. this year, all of a sudden, he's decided that you know he's no well, remember the Lakers. We, are we may be in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Lakers. Are yeah. They're only like a game from the playing games. Oh, LeBron. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. LeBron has about as much credibility as I don't know yeah. how much. And okay. yes, he's an owner of the Red Sox, Chris. Keep that in yeah, mind. well, that's great. Okay, <laughs> so Tuesday, the schedule of the NBA, and these are out of order because I got them from uh, SiriusXM, and he was just reading them. I don't know where. Oh how yeah, he did, he, he, he did the hockey in the right order. But he was reading these crazy, so I'm just reading them the way I got them. Seven okay. o'clock, we have Phoenix at Cleveland, Charlotte at Detroit. Then he went to ten o'clock just because <laughs> for Toronto at the Clippers, and then at eight he went bounce back for Miami at Dallas. Then well, let's move back to seven thirty, shall we? For Brooklyn and Milwaukee, then back to eight o'clock just because we can for Golden State at New Orleans. And right. then at eight as well would be Sacramento and Oklahoma City. So you got them after yeah. a fashion. <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, and for those of you who didn't hear, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Toronto Clippers are the TNT games. So. Yeah, okay. and, and don't and don't depend on Sirius XM to give you accurate schedules because they'll give them out of order. No I have never seen them yeah. give them out of order like that. Yeah. But we had quite a game here Friday night, and it was going to be one of those instant classics. If you like, now, the ingredients for instant classics using the NBA are – it helps if if there's an overtime. It helps no if there's a comeback, and yep, it helps no if there's a, a big performance. So this uh, it's all the rings all the bells. Jason Tatum got sixty points and tied Larry Bird's record. That uh, you know Kevin McHale had fifty six. Nine days later, Larry got sixty, both in nineteen eighty five. But then uh, Tatum tied him. The Celtics beat San Antonio one forty three to one forty in overtime after trailing by thirty two points. So I think that hits all the marks for a uh, for an instant classic. So I'm sure they'll be shown during the summer or something. Yeah, and no turnovers and for Tatum during his 60-point performance either. And there's only three players this year so far that have done 60 or more. Tatum, uh, Damian Lillard, and uh, Stephen Curry. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, I think, uh, trying to Steph see if we have any more. He did something last night, and he, like, he, I'm not sure exactly what his record was, but but we had that, oh. last time oh. we had uh, Russell Westbrook. Thing, yeah, well, Russell Westbrook, he had, uh, what, uh, talk, talk about that, Sean. Oh. Right. He had, he, is, he got a triple-double, which, you know, he's done that, but he's all, it's only the third time ever that a player got more than 20, 20 assists and 20 rebounds in a game, and Russell's done it twice, so he's two of the three, and Wilt Chamberlain's the only other player right. to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was that was. And it, Carmelo Anthony became 10th on the all-time scoring list. That's right. And uh, so, Robert, you had, uh, I guess, why don't we do the boxing, and then we'll do the hockey. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know what what order you wanted yeah, to do that know, in, but okay. I see boxing on my sheet, so we'll do boxing. Okay. Um. Well, on Saturday, uh, Chris was asking me a couple weeks ago, "Are we going to have a fight on the uh, Derby Day?" Because they normally do, and yes, they did. Um. Actually, I spent all day Saturday watching uh, various fights, and 
there was a couple worth talking about. One on the actual pay-per-view that I paid for and one that happened earlier in the day, both, both involving former heavyweight champions. Uh, on the pay-per-view, uh, former heavyweight champion Andy Ruiz thoroughly dominated Chris uh, Ariola and uh, uh, and won that fight rather easily, 117-110 and 118-109 twice. Um, and there was only one knockdown in the fight. Ariola had knocked down Ruiz in the second round and pretty much dominated him in third. But after that, Andy Ruiz basically took over the fight and basically walked away with the easy victory. And earlier in the day in the U.K., uh, former heavyweight champion um, uh, Joseph Parker uh, fought uh, – uh, he's basically a gatekeeper, but every time, every time you stick a person in with this guy, he gives absolute contenders fits. Can never beat them, but he absolutely gives them fits. Derek Jazora, and it was a heck of a fight. And uh, Parker pulled out a uh, very uh, controversial split decision, and they're already talking about a possible rematch. And since the UK is locked down. You had no uh, no fan interaction, uh, so. But uh, boy, I tell you what: as as soon as the UK can open up, uh, the UK has the best boxing fans of the world. Uh, that's why a lot of fighters like to go over there and fight because uh, the the fans in Britain and the UK they really appreciate the sweet science. Yeah, going to back to the soccer thing quickly, that's part of it. Yeah, I read the story in the Globe. There have been no fans at the uh, these uh, these FA Cup games all along no. through the, the and pandemic. And it was be the first time for fans this weekend for English Premier League games at the at the soccer. So they they yeah. went and you know because there was so mad at Glazer, they had to uh, go and do that. Yeah. So and, and also and also coming up this Saturday, Canelo Alvarez will be taking another step towards unifying the uh, super middleweight title. He's already got two of the belts. Saturday, he's going after belt number three. He's going to fight Billy Joe Saunders in Jerry's World. And uh, I heard this morning that Jerry's World is going to allow 75000 in for hey, Texas, that, you know? that fight on Saturday night. So, the Rangers uh, can do it. They can do it. That's what they and, uh, and apparently tickets are going fast. So yep. anyway, I'll, I'll be paying attention to that on Saturday. And if there's anything worth talking about, we'll bring it up next week. Okay, so now we'll move on to hockey. Okay. And, uh, we're going to be uh, down to, <clears throat> there'll be some games. I don't know how in there, <laughs> Robert, have you heard anything about when the playoffs are going to start and what divisions? Because um, obviously the Canadian no. division has a lot of work to do, but I think the other divisions are pretty close to done. I know the Bruins are supposed to play one more game on Tuesday next week. But uh, according, to, according to what David USF said earlier in the week, um, the, the, the season will officially end on May 19th, but I don't know. May 19th or May 16th? May 16th. No, he, no. No, yeah. May 19th. He, in Canada, he, he, the Canadian division needs to finish up these Vancouver games. The issue, though, there was talk that they might let some of the other divisions start their playoffs before yeah. the Canadian division or whatever got done. So you could see if the Bruins get done, let's say, Tuesday, because they had a couple games to make up, too. Uh, yeah. You might see Thursday, Friday, you know, playoff games starting or Saturday, uh, yeah. maybe getting the other divisions going before Canadians are done. Cause, uh, I have not heard what's going to happen with that yet. Hopefully we'll know something more right. next week. And again, I'm sure, and again, they haven't announced this, but it stands to reason that I don't think they're going to let the Canadians 
Canadian players, you know, really leave Canada. So I think that you know, the uh, uh, cup will be decided in Canada, maybe in a bubble or just yeah, in, like it, like they did somewhere. last year, Edmonton yeah. or Toronto. It may depend on. It may be somewhere where because we've got the we'll be reading that division, but it may be somewhere where the team isn't in it. You know, if they you know uh, Calgary gets knocked out, it might be in or Calgary, Vancouver, that kind of thing, or Vancouver or, or something. Like yeah. yeah. So we'll see what they do. But in the East right now, we have all our playoff participants. We just don't know what order they're going to be in. Washington has 71 points, Pittsburgh 71, the Bruins are at 68, and the Islanders are at 67. So, and I wanted to ask you, Rick, you watch these more than I do. I do pay attention, but do you have any preference as a Bruins fan who you want to play, Washington, Pittsburgh, or the Islanders, or what? If I had my preference, I think I'd take Pittsburgh. Um, Washington's going to be tough. They're... um... But I mean, it's it's tough. You, if you're going to get through, you're going to play two out of three of them anyway. You know? Yes, you are. So, yeah, but my, um, my thing is, the Bruins have done pretty well against all the teams. Actually, now they're doing better against not, the Islanders. Not, they not against the Islanders. The Islanders. Never, no, yeah. they were, but they're yeah. doing better now against them. They weren't winning in New York at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if they're going to. That's the least likely team they're going to play because they're three and four right now. So yeah. you figure the price against Washington is going to be so physical, and it's and, and don't get me started oh, yeah. on what happened with Tom Wilson last night. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll we'll yeah. be talking about Mr. Yeah. Wilson. He, he always manages to get yeah. his way in the news. But it sounds like the Bruins are kind of like, now that they're officially in, they're kind of like talking about resting players. And yes. Then like yeah. they don't really care. Like you're Halak's in goal tonight. And okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a third string goalie. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they don't. So, you know, they'll play Washington, probably Washington or Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, it'll be yeah. uh, interesting. The Rangers have 58, Philadelphia 53, New Jersey 41, Buffalo 35. In the north, and this has gotten interesting, and I didn't realize this was happening. <clears throat> Toronto's still leading with 72, and they're fine. Edmonton, 64, but then Winnipeg has 57, and Montreal has uh, 57. Yeah, so, Winnipeg uh, caught up to Montreal. So <clears throat> No, Montreal caught up to Winnipeg. Montreal's oh, yeah. been fourth all year. So mm-hmm. Montreal caught up to Winnipeg. It sounds like yeah. Winnipeg's been struggling. So now we don't know that we looked like it was a pretty done deal for Toronto and Montreal to play. And I don't know, maybe maybe you don't even want that in that division. I don't know what they would want up there. Maybe they'd want the, uh, you know, a big big city, little city, and then uh, maybe the Montreal-Toronto in the finals of the division. I don't know what they want. Yeah, who, who knows? I don't know. So that's Montreal and uh, and Winnipeg at 57. Then we have Calgary at 47. So there, there's your playoff teams, those four. Calgary yeah. at 47, Ottawa at 45, Vancouver 41. In the Central, we have the big three, Carolina at 77, Florida, uh and Tampa, I think Florida and Tampa Bay are both 73. And then we have Nashville at 60. And then we have Dallas at 56. So there's a chance that Dallas could maybe catch Nashville. Uh, we have the Blackhawks at 50. They're not going to do it. Detroit 45 and Columbus 44. We and, found a Detroit you know, team that wasn't in last place. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. that happened. <laughs> in the West, we have Las Vegas at 74, Colorado 72, Minnesota at 70. And then we drop down to St. Louis at 55. And they're looking like they're going to make it because Arizona's back to 50. The Kings are uh, 46. Your Sharks have gone down to four, also at 46. Yeah, they got officially eliminated last night. So. Okay. So, yeah, and so it looks like those are their four playoff teams there with Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis. And uh, so let's look at the, uh, let's see. Well, uh, Vegas, uh, Colorado could catch uh, Vegas. It's only two points. 
Minnesota is uh, at 70. So we'll see about those top three. St. Louis should finish fourth. So for the uh, Tuesday night schedule, you see, because he's Canadian, so he got these in order, I think. Tuesday at mm-hmm. 7, we got the Islanders at Buffalo, Chicago at Carolina, but the Bruins are at New Jersey, uh, Pittsburgh is at Philadelphia, uh, 10 o'clock. NBC Sports Network. Okay, Edmonton at uh, Vancouver, and that's it for the NHL. So, any other NHL uh, notes? Uh, well, Robert? we got to talk. We got to talk about our lovely friend Tom yeah. Wilson and his disgusting behavior during uh, yesterday's game between the Capitals and the Rangers. Now, I didn't watch this game, but apparently, one of the Ranger players accidentally uh, ran into the Washington goalie, or uh, something of that sort, and Tom Wilson basically lost his mind and. Uh, uh, and uh, it was what Pavel Busnevich. He basically yeah. took him and slammed him on the ice a couple of different times, and then Panarin. Uh, uh, yeah, then there was um, a scrum, and, and he grabbed Panarin from the back, who's not a big guy. No, and pulled him down to the ice and was trying to smash his head on the ice. Right, several yeah. times. Yeah, and of course Tom Wilson has this history of constantly being suspended for things and they're gonna throw him uh, out of the league at some point i, I, I wish they ridiculous. would but yeah but, but did you hear did you, yeah, they only gave him they didn't even give him a suspension no they, all, they, they, all they gave was a five thousand dollar fine yeah and yeah uh, and they said well that's a maximum we can do under the yeah. collective bargaining uh, agreement and yeah. he and he came out today and said well i enjoyed myself so much we play the rangers again tomorrow night I'll see if I can have some more fun at their expense. Yeah, that's another thing. In the penalty box after which he's flexing his muscles and stuff. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah he, I thought a, for sure he was going to be suspended, for, at the very least, for the rest of the regular season. I thought if yeah. the, the league had any yeah. guts, they'd suspend him to the playoffs, too. But uh, I can't believe no suspension he, at all. A, he's a disgusting piece of work. And one of the yeah. worst hot, I mean, he's a very bad representative for the NHL. Yeah. Uh, somebody needs to – I mean, Bettman needs to step up and – Use commissioner powers here and totally remove this guy from the league. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for the NHL. So I guess we're ready for the poll question. Yes, and of course you can dial in. Like I said, download the Zoom app or dial six four six eight seven six ninety nine twenty three, and then do two eight seven seven two three forty six hundred. Hit the pound key twice. Star nine. Raise your hand, and then when we tell you to unmute, you star six. Talk. Got this idea because of the draft. Some of your favorite sports rumors about maybe some of your favorite teams or players that never actually happened, like these predictions or rumors that, oh, oh, it's going to happen, and they never, it never actually happened. It kind of got shot down because, yeah, you know, cause we always hear those in the draft, but it doesn't even have to be draft related. It can be whatever about a team moving or this player coming in or, you know, so-and-so, Yeah. Whatever. Okay, well, I, I, we hear so many rumors. This is the rumors mm-hmm. capital of the world. Yeah. We have two competitive newspapers. We have two competitive sports talk stations. We got people on blogs everywhere, you know, and everybody's online around here. So, you know, there's all kinds of rumors all the time. So uh, the, I can go back a little bit, though, in history about a couple of things. Uh, there was a, a point where... I think Tom Yockey said it, and I think the Yankee ownership said it. There was one night they got drunk at some somewhere, some winter meeting or something, and I don't know, in the 50s, 40s sometime, I'm not sure what year it was, and they had theoretically agreed to t- trade Ted Williams to the Yankees for Joe DiMaggio. 
Yeah. Because remember, DiMaggio was a right-handed hitter, and he could take advantage of Fenway Park, and Ted Williams always hit well at Yankee Stadium, a left-handed hitter with a short porch. But then uh, cooler heads prevailed. Yaki woke up, realized what he did or something, and, you know, lucky the Red Sox didn't do it. Ted Williams played another 10 years after uh, DiMaggio did, nine years. DiMaggio retired in 51, and Ted retired in 60. So, you know, that's lucky that didn't happen. And then one was a, <laughs> a misinterpretation when we were kids of a friend of mine. He was listening to WMEX, and they uh, they were, you know, they had a sports bulletin, and they said the Boston Red Sox have traded Vic Wirtz to the Detroit Tigers for cash. He thought they were getting uh, Norm Cash. <laughs> no, Norm Cash was a much better player by that time than Vic Wirtz was, but it was for money. So uh, they weren't clear on that. So he thought we were going to get uh, Norm Cash, but that wasn't true. So sometimes you get a weird report, uh, you know, by people who don't uh, make make things clear. But uh, anyway, so that was kind of funny. But And I'm, I'll probably think of some others when people get into other context but those are the ones you know i mean there's always so many you know brady was going everywhere and this was going to happen and jimmy g was coming for this package and that package and you know uh, that's just the football i mean we we always have those kind of things around here okay uh rick yeah um yeah well like chris says we have rumors for everything between the 2019 and 2020 nfl seasons um you know you had a you had a lot of talk shows up here talking about you know of course belichick and brady having their problems maybe belichick and Kraft having problems and nobody really knows up here what the details are of belichick's contract so there was actually a rumor for a while that belichick was going to take the giants job yeah which i never really believed but (laughs) and then the other one that i can think of is, is um it was actually more than a rumor. It was one of my favorite baseball players way back was Joe Rudy, and he was actually traded to the Red Sox until the commissioner oh, yeah. mixed, mixed the deal. So you yeah, have, you have Red to Sox were going to get the Raleigh Fingers and Joe Rudy, and the yeah. Yankees were going to get Vita Blue, because yeah. the A's were uh, getting rid of everybody on June fifteenth, nineteen 1976, and the yeah. commissioner, who was a Red Sox fan, I heard, but he just thought that wasn't good for the game. Bowie Kuhn yeah. said that that could not happen, and uh, that they needed a bullpen. They needed a bullpen guy. That's for sure. That year, yeah. and that, that could have turned things around, but it didn't happen. So that's the ones I think of. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah. for reminding me about all that, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the way, on the way to the uh, Mitchell Page years, or whatever you yeah. call those things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Perry. Generally, once the it's done away with, I generally you know tune it out. But one that I was kind of hoping would happen, and, and it didn't. Um, and I'm not saying I don't like David Ross, you know, as a Cubs manager, but they could have had Joe Girardi, and they didn't. I, I think Joe Girardi would have been a little better for that job, at the, you know, yeah, at, at the time. But that didn't happen. That's my that's my biggest. Like I said, generally with rumors. Not being in a major, major market, being in a small market, we don't hear, we mainly hear a lot of college rumors. You know, this kid's going here, this yeah. kid's going there. And we know about 20% of them usually come true. Bill? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. You know, when I was doing some visiting back in Tampa Bay in the 80s, all of the rumors about the Giants coming to Tampa Bay or oh, yeah. this, that, and the other, those were some big rumors. Also, before the Colts came to Indianapolis, we had all manners of teams coming here or even after the Colts got here, the Colts going here or there. Now, of course, those rumors have, you know, ceased. But I think those rumors top some of my memories. I think the biggest one, though, with I think the biggest one, though, with the Colts, Bill, is that was a big secret 
that the Colts were even leaving Baltimore until it happened. Yep. Yep. Well, well yeah. Was, they were the team left that moved in the night. Yeah. 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 Well, and of course, we had our whole thing with the Patriots going to St. Louis, which is amazing yeah. it yeah. didn't happen. That Orthwine, who was from St. Louis, didn't move, just move him to St. Louis and uh, that he sold them to Kraft. So that was amazing. Orthwine is the, when he dies or whatever, Dan Shaughnessy's going to have his unsung hero column about him because right. we, they, they, they would, everybody just thought they were gone. There was nothing we yeah. could do. Yeah. By the way, by the way wh- before we get to Robert, we will in just a second, Robert, we were talking about the minor league baseball a little bit ago. Apparently you're going to have designated teams that you play, you know, in amongst your other teams. The Iowa Cubs will play... Um, Omaha and St. Paul, they, everybody's going to play 120 games, and they will play those two teams 66 times out of 120 games. See why? Oh see, wow. see why Alex Cohen says you're going to get tired of some of them? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And, and every and he said every team will have teams like that 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 you will get tired of. Robert. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to think of actual rumors that I've heard that didn't pan out. Uh, the one that um, I, I heard about in the 80s, uh, I kept hearing about it. You know, uh, the Edmonton Oilers are going to dump Wayne Gretzky because they're having financial issues. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? They've won four Stanley Cups and they're going to dump the greatest hockey player of all time. And sure enough, they did. Uh, that actually occurred during the summer. They figured they could get away with it, like during in the All Star Game. I remember it was yeah. announced during the All Star Game. It was the '89 All Star Game. Then. Yeah, and yeah, it was like baseball. it was like what in the you know? And I kept thinking to myself, has somebody drank too much? Or yeah, but that <laughs> actually did occur. Um, but I I, uh, I can't remember. Uh, and another one that you know blew me away when it actually did happen because it was talked about for several days before it actually occurred was the Celtics and the Warriors deal with Red Arbag. <laughs> you know, uh, when we got Joe Barely Cares and you ended up with two Hall of Famers. Thanks yeah. a lot, Chris. <laughs> right. That was good. And, uh, of course, I actually met Robert Parrish, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. I- oh, did you see that that note uh, that was in uh, Dan Shaughnessy's column, Robert, about yes. that there was, they put a big uh, marijuana dispensary right across from the garden. Now I said, that oh, was yeah. like Robert, all kinds of FedEx packages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, uh, but I actually met him. At, um, I went to Warriors game. Oh, he sounded like he was nice guy. good friends with Max. Yeah. Uh, Max and he yeah. were, were uh, uh, he and DJ, you know, that yeah. whole group, DJ and uh, Max and, and uh, you know, we talk about uh, Bird and, and Mikhail and Ainge, you know, and they were, they were, uh, you know, Bird and Mikhail had kind of a strange relationship, but, you know, and Ainge was friends with both of them. But Max and uh, and uh, Robert and uh, DJ were, were just yeah. bosom buddies. They, they really yep. got, got along yep. great. So uh, they, those two actually occurred, but, but when I heard about both of them, I'm thinking, oh, come on, are you serious? You know, <laughs> and, you know, but uh, those those are a couple of them that I, you know, that I can think of that actually did occur. But when I first heard about them, I'm like, oh, come, who's going to be stupid enough to pull off those deals? Yeah, getting sure. rid, getting rid of the greatest hockey player in the world, and you're going to sell him off because you're having financial issues. I could not believe that. Oh, really <laughs> bad rumor we had, or it almost happened, was uh, uh, they the Knicks offered Red Auerbach. You know, when the Celtics had bad ownership uh, in the late '70s, the Knicks before the Larry Bird thing happened, but about a year or so before that, Knicks offered uh, Red Auerbach to go to New York. Oh yeah, uh, did that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's fine. Sean, what do you have? 
Well, a couple. Talk about teams moving. There were a couple with the Spurs. I remember them moving to Cincinnati in the late 80s and moving to New Orleans in the early 90s. That was the big rumor. Uh-huh. And then, of course, you had when Red McCombs bought the Minnesota Vikings, the big rumor was they were moving to San Antonio. And even at one time, they thought the Saints were going to move to San Antonio. And Well, after Katrina, Thomas, right? Wasn't had, that something that was kind of in the works there for a while? Well, it kind of was, and then they had Katrina, because Tom Benson, he's a resident of New Orleans, but he also lived in San Antonio, and he had car dealerships in both places, so it's kind of like, well, they thought, but then he was like, I don't want to kill my New Orleans business, and that's why he was able to get San Antonio to play during Katrina, and that kind of stopped it, but Mm -hmm. San Antonio, the Minnesota, the San Antonio was not going to happen, and... New Orleans, the Spurs to New Orleans didn't happen because they built the Alamo Dome and they said, well, until we can get them a regular arena, they can play in the Alamo Dome. They had, they got the Alamo Dome built so they played there for a few years. So and also, Oklahoma City Center wouldn't Center. have gotten Seattle if it wasn't for Katrina because, remember, New Orleans yeah. went and played there and did they did very well in Oklahoma City and then when Seattle was looking for a place to go, they felt they owed Oklahoma City a team, so that's why they went to uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah, because City. He, told, he told New Orleans, he told the Pelicans or Hornets at that time, they had to go yeah. back to New Orleans. David you know, that, that, that's an oversight I hope the NBA can fix someday. Seattle yeah, deserves to have their basketball. Once they get the rules. hockey team, that might help, too. You know, with, I, I think they might say, unless the hockey team well, does really well, then they might be scared of it and just leave them out yeah. of there, you know? Yeah. And a couple of other rumors I remember hearing, of course, when Rick Barnes came into Texas, the big rumor was Rick Majerus was coming. Coach oh my gosh! But they just hired they just hired Mac Brown, and then of course a few years later we all remember the Nick Saban incident, which there were some people that had actually talked to Nick Saban. It was when Mac Brown was like, "No, I'm not resigning," and so that all went. And Nick Saban got his uh, extension uh, signed there. So I remember that was a that was an interesting rumor about uh, with those two. So that's what I'm thinking of. Do we have okay. any callers? Jamal, unmute, and we will hear you. Then we're going to let Chris get down to his stuff because it's about 8 o'clock, and did you say, Rick, that's when supper's done? We do not want to uphold a meal. Go ahead, Jamal. We do not want to uphold a about, meal. No. About crazy sports rumors. I heard there's a few of them I remember from childhood. One of the rumors involved the Chicago Bears moving out of Soldier Field to the northwest suburb of Chicago, Rosemont, which is right by O'Hare Airport. Another rumor had the Chicago Bears moving to Arlington International Racecourse to put, to build a stadium there. Another rumor is the Bear, was the Bears were going to move to Gary, Indiana. Also, another rumor was that the White Sox were going to uh, move to... Uh, a, a western Chicago suburb, Addison. Oh, we have many rumored stadium sites. That we, one of my, my favorite arena site was going to be on top of the North Quincy Tea Station here. Yeah. Remember that I remember, yeah. Chicago to yeah. Tampa, I remember the Chicago, Chicago to Tampa Bay. That's how they ended up building Tropicana Trump Field. Yeah. yeah well, well, that, well, that almost happened because I was at Comiskey Park the night when the Illinois legislature was voting on the stadium. So I was, we were watching the Sox Yankees I had my radio on the news to listen to see what would happen if the legislature would vote it, would vote it down, and that meant that Ryan's Oil Company would have been gone. 
and we got me and my father got home, turned on the radio, and due to last second arm twisting by then Governor Jim Thompson, the stadium deal that built U.S. Cellular, whatever they call it now, passed <laughs> the only legislature by one vote. Yeah, I remember that. And, of course, they remodeled. You know, these owners get what they want anyway because they remodeled Soldier Field and put in the luxury boxes and did all the stuff they wanted them to do eventually. And people people will complain about it. It's the smallest stadium, city-wise, in the NFL because of it. Yeah, I know. Well, they've only, you know, an older footprint. You can't really, in a neighborhood or whatever, you can't really change that. And now, that. Isn't, isn't, Soldier, isn't Soldier Field on the historical landmark list? Where I think it is. Like Wrigley Field, you can't really do anything without the historical society, right. you know. You can do certain things as long as you don't change the footprint and the, like, the... The way it's the, it built, you know, the foundation. Right. You can Wrigley Field has been upgraded. Fenway's been upgraded. The, the old ones have been. It's just that you can't do certain things. But you can. Right. You can do like a house, historic house. You have to leave certain things, but you can do other things. You know. Right. There you go, Chris. Go ahead. Okay. Well, actually, Bill's going to go ahead because we're going to start with Bobby Unser, and Bill has some audio about him, and I'm sure it's very interesting. So maybe we can hear that now. Yes, I do. Um, I do have some audio I got today from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Network, and I think it's going to be pretty good about the right. late great Bobby Unser, three-time winner. In 1935, Bobby Unser found his home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when his dad, Jerry, built a service station along the famed Route 66. Cars were Bobby's life from the beginning. Bobby was the third of four Unser brothers, and if you're an Unser, you race cars. Bobby was five years older than I am, and Jerry and Louie were six years, so when you younger brother like that when you look up to your brothers you envy your brothers by the age of 15 bobby was a champion in the southwest modified stock car championship by 1957 an early discharge from the military allowed unser to focus full time on racing but before bobby unser found fame at indianapolis he was carrying on the family tradition winning the pikes peak hill climb in 1956 race his dad and uncle had been winning since 1929. Roaring down the straightaway and getting the starter's flag is fireball Bobby Unser of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Unser possesses a lead foot and is barreling around the treacherous curves at blinding speed. Bobby Unser guns his motor all the way and negotiates the 12 and a half mile incline in 14 minutes 27 seconds for a new all-time Pike Peak Hill Climb record. Pikes Peak a record 12 times. Always being asked, who's the better driver, Uncle Bobby or Dad? I remember as a little boy, I answered Uncle Bobby because he wins. <laughs> Pikes Peak Hill Climb was the catalyst for everything in my life. I had to race here in Albuquerque to be good enough to go up there. I had to study it all my life. I, I became a fanatic about it. I knew that I would achieve at, at Pikes Peak. But it is racing at Indy for which the Unsers are best known. Bobby Unser made the 500 in 1963 and 64, proving his mettle with the fickle but powerful Novi engine. 
His maiden IndyCar win came at Mossport, Canada in 1967 and led to five more wins in 1968, including Unser's first Indy 500 victory and the USAC National Championship. Unser wins with a new speed record. I just can't believe it. I didn't uh, ever think something this nice could ever happen to me, but it has, and I just can't tell people how happy I am. To see him come in the winner's circle, it was uh, oh, just a, the greatest feeling I could ever have because he was my brother. So, you know, to be able to see him win a race, and especially in Annapolis, was fantastic. Unser won his first pole at Indy in 1972 in one of Dan Gurney's latest Eagle chassis. It featured the groundbreaking Gurney flap, developed by Gurney and Unser. Unser shattered the existing qualifying speed record by over 17 miles per hour. National Championship came in 1974, followed by a second Indianapolis 500 win a year later, again in one of Gurney's Eagle chassis. Unser was not finished. After a move to Penske Racing in 1979 and two strong championship runner-up seasons for the captain, Bobby Unser won his third Indy 500 in 1981, this time from the pole. Bobby Unser is the winner. I have the nicest car, the best car, and the best team, and uh, damn sure the best car owner in the business. He could take a car that was average and win a race. We regarded him as a world-class race driver and a good friend. He is someone that gave us a, a lot of support and notoriety as a winner in our cars. He was the fifth driver to earn three Indy 500 wins. It was Bobby Unser's final IndyCar victory. At the end of the season, Bobby Unser stepped away from an IndyCar cockpit for the final time. Bobby Unser uh, was a fierce competitor. If I ever thought I had somebody I had to beat, it was Bobby Unser. <laughs> he was Bobby. Bobby was a good race driver. Uh, when you beat him, you beat somebody. Very good. I mean, uh, all around, great with chassis, good guy to be around with, fun. Racing these people like Bobby. Bobby, we call him the preacher. He's a great friend of mine. We've always been friends. He's into everything. I mean, he talks, he knows everything. And uh, when you get around him and you start talking racing, nobody else can tell their story. Bobby's going to tell his first. Retirement opened a whole new chapter for one of the most colorful characters in racing. From broadcasting with ABC, ESPN, and NBC, to a Bonneville Salt Flats land speed record, to flying airplanes and snowmobile excursions, Bobby Unser's sense of adventure never waned. He's a tremendous guy. I, I love him like a brother. Bobby had a tremendous talent. Uh, he, was, he was fast. He was good technically. He was a competitor to be reckoned with every time he went on the track. They broke the mold when they made Bobby answer.
you, IMS. That was that was that, that was, was actually very good. Well, they kind of papered over the controversy that was involved. Yeah, in nineteen eighty-one. Yes, they did. Yeah, five hundred. A little bit of a house uh, organ, obviously. But Bobby Unser died at eighty-seven years old. He was the big brother of Al, uh, who's eighty-one, and uh, Al Junior is fifty-nine. So he had 258 starts on the open wheel uh, circuit, 35 wins, uh, 52 poles, and uh, he won the Indy, as they said, in 68, 75, and 81, and uh, two poles and uh, nine uh, starts uh, in the front row in Indy, uh, 13 Pikes Peak championships. I don't know if they still run that. I never hear about it, but they still might, for all I know. I, I don't know, Chris. Uh, he was a commentator for, as they said, for NBC, ABC, and ESPN, and uh, IMS, Indy Motor Speedway uh, Network in 86. I guess he was in the in the broadcast booth for that 500. He uh, did NASCAR uh, along with Paul Page and uh, Benny Parsons. And then uh, NASCAR, uh, he did from 86 through 92. And then... Uh, International Motorsports Hall of Fame in 90, the Indy uh, Motor uh, Speedway Hall of Fame in 90, and the Sports Car National Hall of Fame in 97, and then uh, Colorado Sports Hall of Fame also in 97. And Unser had 81, uh, the 81 race taken away from him in uh, the Indy uh, when he was thought to illegally have passed quite a, a bunch of cars. And, uh, and they gave the race to Mario Andretti. But what it turned out was I think Mario had actually passed more cars than he had. And now I guess they're very strict about this. This was on caution laps. And now you really have to get back into your spot on the track, you know, when, when there's a, a caution flag and not go in the pit and pass anybody coming out. So uh, they, they must have changed some of the rules because I think he passed uh, three and Mario passed eight or something like that. But finally in October, of 80, you know, the day of the race, they gave it to Bobby. Then they gave it to Mario the next day. And then they came back in October and gave it back to uh, Bobby Unser. But he was fined $40,000. And he, he estimated that he lost a million dollars in commercial endorsements because right after the Indy 500, you get to do all kinds of ads, you know, and you're you're everywhere. And, you know, if you're six months later, who cares about you anymore? So you're t- retired after the 1981 uh, season and, uh, you know, just from being ag- aggravated by that whole situation. And uh, he died of natural causes. So there you go. Then we have uh, Byron Seaman, 97. He brought the NHL's Calgary Flames uh, from Atlanta to Calgary and with, with, with his brother. And then, uh, let's see, he was uh, one of six original owners of the Flames, owned team until 2010. And uh, Siemens uh, is in the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame in 07. And, uh, they, of course, they won the Stanley Cup in 1989. And uh, Pete uh, Lamon, tight end, 77 years old, played for the Jets from 66 through 71 in Green Bay in 70, uh, 72. And then, uh, of course, he was on the Super Bowl three Joe Namath team with the Jets, uh, January 12, 1969. He started 83 of 95 games, all of those games with the Jets. So he always started with the Jets, didn't start any in Green Bay. He had 185 receptions, 2,364 yards, and 14 touchdowns. And they fell off a boat in uh, the Sam Rayburn uh, Reserve in Texas, and he drowned. That was just recently. So, uh, And as I said, he was, uh, what, 70? Seven, so that's too bad. Um, okay, and then Courtney Hall, 52 years old. Uh, he went to college at Rice, and then he was the Charger uh, second-round pick in the uh, 37th pick overall in 89. Played for the Chargers, defensive back, 89 through 96. And uh, and let's see, uh, 
Okay, let's see. 138 games started all of them. He had three uh, recovered fumbles and four uh, Pro Bowl uh, uh, you know, naming. He had Texas State Hall of Fame in, uh, for the, and the Southwest Conference Hall of Fame in 2019. And then we have a couple, about three more, I think. Uh, we have uh, Bill Johnson, 97, uh, 96. Uh, 50 wins, in, uh, in, but only two wins in the PGA. We won a lot of other pro t- tournaments, it said. Uh, he, won, uh, he won the 58 Texas Open and the 60 Utah Open. You know, nowadays, they don't call name after the, the uh, they might be the so-and-so Texas Open or something. But you don't yeah, even hear Valero, State Texas Open now. Yeah, yeah you know, they didn't even call it that anymore. The best major finishes tied for 28 in the 57 Masters, tied for third in the 56 PGA, tied for 32nd in the 63 uh, U.S. Open, and tied for 26 in the 60 British Open. And then he uh, joined uh, the seniors in 1980, and he was on the seniors tour from 80 through 89, then some tournaments occasionally until 99. And he was, of course, architect in Arizona and Texas, and he was in the Utah Golf Hall of Fame and the Arizona Golf Hall of Fame, still playing at 94 in uh, 2019, so pretty cool. And the last one we have is Eric McClure, 42 years old, just ran in three cup races uh, for uh, NASCAR, but 288 Xfinity races uh, from 03 through 16, only one top 10 finish, though, and uh, no cause known and had had serious health issues. And I think he was also part owner of some cars, but uh, basically uh, didn't have a, a big racing career, but he did race. So there you go. That's it for the desk this week. Knock him down, Sean. Uh, one thing that will never die is how you can listen to Sports Time Live anytime throughout the week. If you want to tell a friend to listen, they can download the podcast at legendoldies.com or they can type in Sports Lounge Live, three words, in their podcatcher. As soon as Bill posts it, they will get it. Or they can go tell their smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or go listen to 773-572-3006. Option number nine. So next week we'll be back with some more baseball and get ready for some playoffs. And then we'll be about a week away from another major, the PGA Championship. And who knows what else happens next week. And I've already got a good poll question for next week. I'm not going to tell you all what it is, but these guys know what it is. And it ought to be a fun one. So anyway, I guess until next week, we will see you later. 